77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Every day, the city heats another degree toward its boiling point as tempers flare in Queens Village surrounding Mayor Adams' latest move to house migrants in the tent city. Tuesday's rally drew thousands to the construction site of a migrant tent city on the site of the state-run Creedmoor Psychiatric Center. It's a Washington issue. We can't deal with this in all the boroughs. People need to stop asking, Eric, what are you doing? This is a moment we need to ask, what are we doing? We can't do this alone. This is an all-hands-on-deck. Still no word on whether Rockaway Beach will be open to swimmers after a woman was bitten there. That 65-year-old remains in critical condition. Firefighters and police will be scanning the water for more sharks there. Meantime, swimmers were allowed back in the water at Jones Beach after a shark sighting there. I'm calling out Secretary Blinken, Secretary Austin, General Milley, General McKenzie, Lieutenant Colonel Whited, who could not give the order to the snipers to take out the bomber before he detonated his vest, and ultimately the president. Do what our son did. Be a grown-ass man. Admit to your mistakes. Learn from them so that this doesn't happen ever ever again. You all need to resign immediately. The Biden crime family was taking in money from China, Ukraine, Russia, all these places yesterday with so many others. And now whenever more Biden corruption is exposed, his henchmen charge me with a crime. You know, when they get something in Biden, oh, let's indict, let's add on another indictment to that stupid indictment that we filed. Let's add on another one, because that takes the news cycle. Unfortunately, I get disproportionate publicity. So they indict me. If I should stay, I would only be in your way. So I go, but I know I'll think of you every step of the way. And I
Tones of one Whitney Houston at 6.06 on your hump day, Tunnel to Towers, Wednesday morning with your favorite morning news talk show in New York City. That's us, sitting friends in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Another big day, another huge guest list, lots to talk about. But we start with the great Whitney Houston. I don't know how many times I've had... I don't want to say arguments, but conversations with my friends about where Whitney belongs in terms of the all-time great female singing voices. But before we get to that discussion, Lewis, why exactly are we starting with Whitney Houston, not exactly the rock and roll stuff we ordinarily start with? So I have to imagine, knowing this show, that today is a significant day for Whitney Houston. Of course, she's dead, so most of her days are no longer significant. But why uh, Why did we start with Whitney Houston today, Lewis? August 9th, her birthday. Her birthday? Yes. So how old would Whitney have been today if she didn't die from an overdose in a bathtub? She would have been 60. 60? Today. This is 1963. Jeez. Yes. She died at 48. Terrible. Oh, she's gone 12 years already. That's you know right. what's uh, really even more disturbing is not only is she dead, but her daughter, Bobby, born to that drug-addled lowlife Bobby Brown, she already dead, too. And she died the same way yeah. in a bathtub. I'm reading that he, he left shortly after the service began. Yes, he for, did. That's true. I'm not... I'm not I forgot why. I think he, at the time they said he was just too broken up. He yeah. couldn't. He was probably high or something. Who knows? He's a low life. <laughs> yeah, he, he really was, is. He what a waste of his. Oh, please. Too. No addition. My prerogative. All that great. But I, I saw this thing right before that pre Grammy party at Clive Davis's, you know, right after. Is that the night she died? Right? Yeah. Tony. I think she died in the Beverly Hills Hotel. That's right. The same hotel I stayed in, ironically, because it comes back to me, of course. The uh, <laughs> same hotel I stayed in, ironically, when I spent five days in Los Angeles shooting Gemini Lounge slash Inside Man, which comes out this Friday. Just... Can you imagine that? Whitney I... Houston died in the hotel I stayed in when I shot this movie. I continue to be stunned and amazed <laughs> yeah. at how you can turn the cosmos around and make it come around the Earth oh, come on. all the way back. It is kind of a big deal. The movie's coming out in two days. That is, there's some irony there. I'm, I'm really, no. I, I am really I'm beyond fine. amazed. Be quiet. The, the, no. the, well, somebody you, somebody you, told me yesterday on the Internet, this is going to be shocking news. Get ready, Noam, to report this one. Sid Rosenberg is a narcissist. <laughs> How did they get that? I don't know. When, when did this word, again, I, I have to keep bringing this up. I can't help it. But I worked for 18 years on and off. You did over 30 with Don Imus. That was a man you were not allowed to look at and had to call him I-Man. Couldn't even call him by his first name, Don. If there was ever a narcissist, it was Don Imus. 
Is there a bigger narcissist than Donald Trump? Howard Stern, is that a narcissist? You know, I mean, all the major, major, major stars, all of them, all of them in this industry, I guess, are narcissists. When did that all of a sudden become a a big deal? That word, they love to throw it around. I can't listen to Sid. He's a narcissist. You're right, I am. I am a narcissist. And you know how you get that? You earn it. You earn it by being great at something. So, yes, have fun with it, folks. I'm a narcissist, and I did find a way to attach myself to Whitney Houston's death. I think it's talent. I think it's talent. Of course it is. Beyond narcissism. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. must have. You you had to. I'm just imagining what your post would have been on one of your sites. Hey, that's the hotel that I'm staying in. Well, that I stayed in for Gemini last. I am going to post out later on today now. Like just what you yelled about last <laughs> week or two. Yeah. Why do people have to say this? I know. Well, I'm a little <laughs> bit of a hypocrite, too. I I'm a narcissist and a hypocrite. So she would have been uh, 60 years old today, but uh, good old Whitney, as my friend Bernard would say, uh, she out the house. She out the house, as Bernard would say. (laughs) Descriptive, not pejorative. Right, he would say that too. He loved to say that. So we got a big guest list coming up today on this Wednesday morning. Frank Morano, who took a savage beating on this show yesterday. I mean, just relentless beating from both Curtis Sliwa and Bo Deedle. He'll be here at 645. We will talk to Curtis coming up at 705, 740. Famed defense attorney Arthur Idala. We'll talk to Peter King coming up at 840. And America's mayor on his way to New Hampshire, where Donald Trump was yesterday, my man, Moody Giuliani. Curtis uh, stopping by at 705 was particularly rough on Murano yesterday. But Curtis was very busy last night. He was at that big rally outside of Creedmoor, and he sent me a bunch of videos, very cool videos, of everyday folks, everyday folks visibly very upset, very upset. And the mayor, the mayor doesn't want to hear it. He's like, listen to me, man. This is not my deal. We got we to gotta fix this together. Stop asking what I'm going to do about it. So now the mayor doesn't even want to be involved. He's like, don't blame me. Wait a second, Mr. Sanctuary City. Wait a second, Santa. Now, now that we've hit this point, now all of a sudden, don't blame me. My God. Here is uh, the mayor, Eric Adams. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's incredible. Cut number 14, Lewis. This is Eric Adams saying, stop asking what I'm going to do. Basically, what are you going to do? 14. This is a moment where people need to stop asking, Eric, what are you doing? You're the mayor. This is a moment we need to ask, what are we doing? Yeah. We can't do this alone. This is an all hands on deck. The dollars coming in are not equaling the dollars that we have to pay going out. So we're going to do our part to the best of our abilities within the financial restraint. But we have a real call. We need every New Yorker that has something to offer to play a role. This is not Mayor Adams' <laughs> believe job. This, this is believe the job this? of the people of the city of New right. York. And everyone should participate sure. in that. Through New York City Cares, right. yeah. through the 100 uh, some, uh, non So I have Lee Zeldin on a couple of days ago. And Lee Zeldin's like, I'm 
sick and tired of the mayor talking about money. This is not just about money. This is about the mayor going out there and name and shame Joe Biden, name and shame Mayorkas. The border is still open. How are you going to stop having migrants come to this city in big numbers if the border is still open? When was the last time any of you folks, any of you, heard the mayor, Eric Adams, talk about Mayorkas and or the border? Because I can't remember. All he talks about is money, 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 money. The federal government, not Biden, the federal government needs to give me money. The governor of the state of New York needs to give me money, but she's doing a really good job. But which one is it? Let me go to my executive news director, Noam Layden. Noam, what do you think of the mayor basically saying, don't uh, don't bother me, this is not my problem? I, I think he just doesn't know what to do. I mean, he's at a breaking point, 97,000 since last year. So he's run out of space. 55,000 of those 97,000 are still in the city's care today. That means we're feeding them. We found shelter for them. Uh, so I, he's at a breaking point. He doesn't know where the money's coming from. He's got every agency he's involved in trying to find new space for them. And, of course, each time the people sniff out where the new place is, like Creedmoor, you get these protests. There's going to be another one on Staten Island because they're taking a living, a senior living facility, going to turn that into a migrant center, apparently. So there'll be protests, no doubt, um, in Midland Beach where that's going to take place. So uh, he, he, I think he's just at a loss of what to do next. <laughs> yeah, this was Curtis, who's going to join me coming up in about 45 minutes. He does somewhere between 7.05 and 7.10 a.m. every weekday morning outside Creedmoor yesterday. Yesterday, basically leading the rally. Now, according to Curtis, thousands and thousands of people there. The overwhelming majority listen to me, the narcissist. A lot of them also listen to Jim Kerr, who's a sweet guy, mind you. And uh, here's Curtis outside of Creedmoor last night. This, Lewis, is cut number 17. It's a Washington issue. We can't deal with this in all the boroughs. Now, Adams also talked about Randall's Island, another site where they're putting the migrants and a lot of soccer moms very upset. And they're right. People use those fields. You know, when I first moved back to New York, Ava used to play a lot of tennis. Ava, my daughter, actually trained with Rick Macy, the same guy that was the big star in that Will Smith movie about uh, Serena and Venus's dad. Because Rick Macy trained the Williams sisters, Gabriella Sabatini, Andy Roddick, Sharapova, all these big names. So we got back to New York. We needed a place for Ava to play tennis. And I contacted my good buddy Patrick McEnroe. And John and Patrick McEnroe's tennis center is there on Randall's Island. You got kids playing tennis. You got kids playing soccer out there on the fields. You got a baseball league there as well. Adams goes on to say, look, when we built this tent city last year, there are about one-sixth the amount of people we've got right now. Eric Adams, Lewis, cut number 15. When we built Randall's Island last year, we had 15,000 migrants, asylum seekers. 15,000. We're now at 97,000. He did also talk yesterday about conversations with the White House 
about immigration reform. He says he's been having these ongoing conversations. Clearly doing a terrific job. This is Eric Adams Lewis, cut number 16. I think real true immigration reform is something that has been uh, kicked down the road for many years. Both Republicans are blocking immigration reform. Well, shut up, so we need that. to understand that. Yeah, shut uh, up. So I'm not in his head. I no, don't shut know it exactly. off. He just pissed me off. He just he has to find a way to blame Republicans for something. All I know is the last time, Eric, and I've told you this right to your face, the last time we had a Republican president, you may have heard of him, he's kicking the crap out of the rest of the field right now, Donald Trump. We had none of these issues. None. Zero. Can I get a confirmation of that from you, Noam? Donald Trump, president, remain in Mexico, Title 42, building a wall. Did we have to deal with these issues when we had a Republican president? We we did. But oh, we w- did. W- but but I will put this: there, it wasn't as porous, right? There wasn't as many people no, no, no. coming. Well, what across. do you mean we did? Where was it exactly? So there were still people coming across the border, yeah, and, and it was all Texas. We didn't hear the story because it only became a story for us because now ninety-seven thousand of well, them then, are well, here well, in New York. Well, 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 but I, I wasn't talking about Texas. What are you talking? I was about? talking about Mayor Adams, oh. who was quick to blame Republicans. Did New York City have to deal with this? He's the mayor of New York, last I checked, not El Paso. Did New York City have to deal with this when we had a Republican president? And the answer is no. No, we no, did not. All right, thank you, sir. Now, the uh, the weather today is going to be 87 degrees and sunny. I live in Rockaway Beach. You know, I get these uh, these like elderly people. They walk up to me. They go, hey, yeah, I listen to you. Stop telling people where we live. I mean, shut up. I swear to God, I get it all the time. As if people don't know about Bell Harbor or Rockaway or they don't know about it. Like it's still the best kept secret. Everyone knows, okay? Stop it. But uh, it is a beach day today, but I'm not sure if I can go in the water. What is the latest with that, Noam? Well, we don't know yet, actually. We're waiting to hear something from the Parks Department. The thought was that the beaches might be closed again today because there were shark sightings in Queens again yesterday. What? Yeah. Where? Um, about a mile from where that woman was bitten. So, um, and then on Long Island, uh, Jones Beach, there were shark sightings there as well. Now, when you say shark sightings, were these where people were actually laying on the beach and can see fins? No. It was with the drones in the water, and they spotted some of these sharks. Oh, my God. I mean, that lady, God bless her, she's still in critical condition. That was a big bite that shark took out of her. 20 pounds of flesh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. Would you go in the water today? No. What about you, Lewis? No. No chance? No. Do you ordinarily swim in the ocean anyway? No. No. Oh, so it doesn't I, really I, matter. No, because yeah. I, I, it's it's a weird feeling to not know what the heck is out there. And there's already other things besides going out deep for a shark. Jet Those uh, stingrays scare that. Oh, you stop it. You mean the one that uh, killed Steve Irwin in uh, in Australia? No, no that's no, it was not... a stingray that killed him, right? No. Yes, it was. Was it? In the I water? believe it was. 
Yeah, in the water. Okay. All right. Steve now Irwin, the, the, I, the crocodile. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, people step on these things all the time. Well, I mean, you, you, come on. Of course they do. There's do you, also this jellyfish. There's, yeah, but you, you, do you know how nasty it is when you do? Yes, I, I've gotten you, really, some of these you, rashes. You, you have. Yeah. You stepped on one. I stepped on a jellyfish. No, you didn't step on a stingray. No, I didn't step no, on okay. a stingray. Well, you want to go to the you want to go to the hospital and see oh, what but, it's but, like but, but, I, 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 So, so you don't go to the beach just, because there's some danger involved. No, no, no. You may as well not even walk the streets. You can die right outside this building today. Well, there's no stingrays out on the sidewalk. Well, there's worse. There's worse. I promise you that. Well, you just. You don't like the beach because you're Irish, and uh, you get too sunburned. You're like Bernard. I, plus, by the way, that's not good for you. So I'm not What's not good for you? The, the sun beating down on you for, yeah. like, hours, that's not good. Not good for you? Uh, no. Do you want to yeah. know? You want to know? No, I don't the, know. The I mean, last what? time I went to uh, Harbor Lights with you for a giant football game on a Sunday afternoon, kickoff was 115. You were 15 beers in. Is that good for you? <laughs> I was asking a question. All right, you got to list everything that I'm doing. Well, I'm not no, I mean, me. this is what I, you're worried about. No, I just the after effects of yeah. that are things that I I know from talking to doctors, and sure. I don't want to go right. through it. I'm almost 57 years old. I'm fine. And I'm the darkest guy you know. Okay, we'll remember this conversation when I'm visiting you one day, okay? And, and your ears are not there anymore. Uh, yeah. My ears? Right. Is that the first to go? Well, I've, I heard some. What what yeah. it does to you, I don't even want to use the same right. word, but it is not fun. It's All right. Fun. It what does it do to your no, ears? No, you're right. Well, uh, if I, you, I mean, if you get cancer right. in that area, yeah. what doctors have to do to go through? They did. They'll I mean, dig you, you just go. You go to like the most, the craziest, <laughs> most ridiculous scenario. Oh, I, I guess, all of a sudden people are losing their ears oh, because they're laying on the beach. They, they, a shark attack hasn't happened in Rockaway, and people getting bit since 1953. Right. I just, so right. Oh, so that so it just happened two a couple of days ago, and yeah. that's not the craziest thing that's ever happened. Wow. It happens. You're in the. She wasn't even that deep. I understand that. Okay, so but it was more happened. of a. Um, what is that word that uh, where it doesn't happen often? It just happens, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? No, uh, not even a coincidence. Uh, serendipitous, abomination, or something. Uh, or, uh, descriptive, not pejorative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Donald Trump was uh, in New Hampshire yesterday, and uh, he was doing his thing, you know, blasting Biden and blasting everybody else. And his lead is insurmountable at this point. It is over. There is no Republican primary. Donald Trump is your winner. It's over. But Ron DeSantis continues almost every day to make changes because I guess he's he's going to find the formula one day that's going to get it done for him. So I believe that the DeSantis made more changes yesterday. Isn't that right, Noam? He is. He's been making changes. I mean, the personnel changes over the last two weeks. Uh, people were let go. Some people were hired on. But clearly there's money problems there. It doesn't matter what he does at this point, does it? Uh, I don't, I don't know about that. I can't weigh in on that, but, sure. um, but none of those signs are good. When you're letting people go, that's never good. Right. What don't you know about? I mean, you think that, you think that he's got a chance still to beat Trump? I don't, you know, remember how crazy the cycle, election cycle was the last two times? You just, you just don't know. Nobody was up like this. Nobody. This is a, a 40 plus point lead. I mean, yes, I understand crazy things happen, but this is, uh, this one's over. You know, some uh, guy got upset yesterday in New Hampshire because Donald Trump referred to Chris Christie in a way that I describe Chris Christie every day. I only call him fat, 
Trump did take it a step further, called him a fat pig, and uh, some audience member got very, very upset. This is uh, Donald Trump, cut number three. Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's oh, my oh, Don't call him. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. You can't do that. So now, because you're not allowed to do that, and therefore uh, we're not going to do it, okay? Right. Yeah. We want to be very civil, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I'll say it again. Chris Christie is a fat pig. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. Six great guests today. Lots to discuss. It's a Tunnel to Towers Wednesday morning with me, Sid Rosenberg, on Whitney Houston's birthday. And we'll come back right after this. I wish you WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. August the 9th, which means we're exactly two weeks away from the first Republican presidential debate. Two weeks from tonight. Two weeks Wednesday. Exactly two weeks from tonight. We have the first debate. And, of course, Donald Trump, who is the overwhelming leader, despite what Noam says, it's over. Stop. Oh, we've seen crazy stuff before. Not like this. This is this is an insurmountable lead. It's over. So Donald, uh, Donald Trump has decided he's not going to debate. And some of the guys, Chris Christie called him a coward. Mike Pence called him out. All the guys that are polling somewhere between 1.8 and 4%, more than 40 points, 40 
behind Donald Trump are crying like a bunch of little bitches. So Trump was in New Hampshire yesterday and uh, kind of joked with the audience. Actually took a poll, I think, talking about the um, the debate and whether or not he should do it. So this is Donald Trump live in New Hampshire yesterday talking about the upcoming debate, Lewis, cut number two. They're all saying, is he going to go into the debate? And I say, I don't know, if you're leading by 50 and 60 and 70 points, do you do that or not? I don't know. Should I? Okay, you ready? Poll. We take a free poll. Should I do the debate? Well, maybe we'll do something else. You know, see, some people say yes, but they hate to say it because it doesn't make sense to do it if you're leading by so much. But they like it for entertainment value because they're selfish. They're selfish. The rest of these guys are so boring. I mean, my God, is there anything more boring than Mike Pence? Oh, my God. So selfishly, I do want Donald Trump to debate because he does provide the entertainment. I understand why he wouldn't. He doesn't have to. But selfishly, I'd like to see him. That is the first of many political dates over the next couple of years that uh, Donald Trump has to figure out a way to do both, if you will, which is participate in a political day and at the same time go to court. You know, you've got uh, obviously Iowa coming up next year. Then you've got uh, Super Tuesday and in and around all these major political dates, Donald Trump has to be in a courtroom. In fact, he made that point in New Hampshire yesterday that come Iowa, that big caucus, January of 2024, he ain't going to be there because he's got all these trumped-up charges. Donald Trump, cut number five. How can my corrupt political opponent... Crooked Joe Biden put me on trial during an election campaign that I'm winning by a lot, but forcing me nevertheless to spend time and money away from the campaign trail in order to fight bogus, made-up accusations and charges. That's what they're doing. I'm sorry, I won't be able to go to Iowa today. I won't be able to go to New Hampshire today because I'm sitting in a courtroom on bullshit because his attorney general... Love it. Bullshit. So John Turley, the attorney, was on Fox yesterday, and he said the judge needs to find a way to delay some of this stuff so that Donald Trump can campaign. John Turley Lewis, cut number seven. It's fairly common for judges to restrict parties in what they can say publicly. But this is not your normal case. You are trying to hold a trial of the leading candidate uh, for the presidency during that presidential election. You can't ignore that. He's got to be able to discuss this case. There is an alternative, of course, and not a bad one. The judge can simply say that the trial will be held after the election. Then uh, there may be less uh, pressure on, on Trump and others to discuss these matters. But if you really want to try this case in the middle of a presidential election, then you're going to have to allow Trump a little leeway in talking about what the case is about. Yeah. John Turley, of course, specifically talking about the last case, that third indictment, the nonsense in and around January 6th. All right, we've got a lot of guests stopping by. Frank Morano, 
Curtis Sliwa and Arthur Idala all in the next hour, plus Joe Nolan with the first look at traffic. But right now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers update. We do this every Wednesday. My dear friend Frank Siller, the CEO of Tunnel to Towers, he's going to tell us about another inspiring veteran who just received their Tunnel to Towers smart home. I love these. Good morning, Frank. How are you, buddy? Hey, good morning, Sid. As usual, we're so proud of the work we're doing. And at Tunnel to Towers, we were just in Jacksonville, Florida, honoring Marine Corps Captain Yasina Buckley. Two years after Yasina enlisted in the Marines, she severely injured her spine in an accident at officer's training. She continued to serve our country, but unfortunately, her injuries worsened, and she eventually is just a wheelchair-bound with permanent damage in her nerves and her organs. We put technology into her home. We changed some of the architectural design in the house, and we transformed it into a smart home. Now she can enter her house safely through an automatic door. Her stovetop can be raised or lowered to a wheelchair height so she can cook something for herself and doesn't have to ask somebody to do something. She can control the lights, the blinds, the thermostat, all via uh, an app that we put on her phone. And li- listen to what she said. I keep discovering things I can do around the house that I couldn't do before. These houses, these smart homes that we're building for these catastrophically injured service members, giving back some of their independence. So we ask everybody go to t2t.org to help us on a mission to do good and help these great heroes. And Sid, I know I can always count on you and your listeners. Yes, you can, Frank. Thank you so much, buddy. Listen to Frank, folks. Donate just $11 a month for America's heroes and do it today at T, the number 2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com to find a deal near you. They're the world's best built of boilers. Following two straight losses, the Yankees are back in the win column after a 7-1 beatdown of the White Sox in Chicago last night. A four-run fourth inning paired with an eighth-inning two-run blast from Kyle Higashioka put this one out of reach before big Aaron Judge put the finishing touches on things with his 21st-round tripper of the year. The Yanks will try and steal a series win in the finale with the White Sox tonight. Set for an 8-10 p.m. first pitch. New York has yet to name a starter to go up against Chicago's Mike Clevenger for the Mets and Queens. They weren't as lucky, falling 3-2 to the Cubs in the middle game of a three-game set. Chicago home runs from Bellinger and Talkman were enough to put the Mets you see away. You went to the uh, Met game last night, though? Oh, you did mention this to me I earlier. did. Oh, uh, uh, Ivanka and uh, Jared Kushner. Very good. Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner in City Field last night. Still... Could not get the Mets a win. No, they no. could not. No. <laughs> Mets lose three to two to the Cubs. Series finale tonight at seven ten p.m. David Peterson versus Kyle Hendricks in that one. And new news in the world of sports gambling to get you as well. ESPN has signed a licensing deal with Penn Entertainment to create ESPN Bet, a sports book for United States sports viewers. Penn will rebrand its current sports book to ESPN Bet later this fall in the sixteen states where it is licensed. The rebranding will include a mobile app, website, mobile website, and mutually agreed upon retail location. It's a deal, interestingly enough, worth $1.5 billion in cash. 
wow. for the next 10 years. That yeah. was also part of the reason why Dave Portnoy brought back Barstool Sports, right? Indeed, indeed. I believe, yes. uh, I believe it was a mutual uh, parting of ways between Portnoy and... Uh, and Penn Entertainment, um, presumably Penn Entertainment had to clear some space uh, monetarily in order to make this deal with ESPN. Preseason football is what I look forward to later on this week. Giants in Detroit taking on the Lions Friday night. And on Saturday afternoon, you got the Jets and Panthers in Carolina. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com to fund a deal under you. They're the world's best built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Hey, Frank, this is Diane from Bally's Corporation. And everyone knows that you're a star in Atlantic City and New York, but now you are a superstar at Bally's. Your superstar player club status gives you more, such as VIP lounge access, VIP hotel check in, complimentary VIP parking complimentary resort fee, and more. So we know that you are a superstar, and we know that you're a star in general. So please stop by to pick up your Players Club card and enjoy your superstar status. We look forward to seeing you. Have a great weekend. Bye. Frank Morano, the very, very talented host of The Other Side of Midnight, is on this show once a week. Everyone knows Frank and I are close, despite the fact that two of my best, best buddies, Bo Deedle and Curtis Sliwa, took him to the woodshed yesterday. Frank is coming on this morning, but he got that message from a lady at Bally's in Atlantic City that he's now reached superstar status at the casino. And you would think superstar status, free room, hookers, who knows what. No. Free lunch and free parking. Could you imagine achieving superstar status and the biggest perk is free parking? Kind of the way it feels like for you here at this radio station. Isn't that right, Frank? Well, a couple of things, uh, Sid, and I appreciate that uh, welcome message from the good folks at Bally's. But... Uh, you neglected to mention that they're going to waive the resort fees for me as well. So when I'll stay there, I don't have to pay the $10 or $20 or whatever the resort fees are these days. Well, what, about, what, about, of, what about the hotel rooms for a couple hundred uh, bucks? Well, no, I mean, I, I, usually you could get a comp room anyway uh-huh, based yeah. on availability. But, um, Superstar. The, yeah. the, the, exactly. <laughs> I would like to be addressed as Superstar Frank Morano going forward because not only <laughs> – Am I officially a superstar in the eyes of Bally's? But I think it would be a nice tribute to the late, great superstar Billy Graham. And, it, you know, there's a lot of attention being paid to Elvis these days because the movie about him that came out last year and everything, which was great. Colonel Tom Parker, the reason they called him Colonel Tom Parker was he was an honorary colonel in the Louisiana militia. That was the extent of his military service. <laughs> yeah. Never put on a military uniform at all. So if he can be... Colonel Tom Barker, I think I have more claim to being called Superstar Frank Morano. So I would appreciate if my graphics were adjusted accordingly. <laughs> okay, I'll make that happen for you. It's tough. Thank you. Tom Hanks did a great job playing that role in that movie, but it's tough because I remember 
superstar Billy Graham. That's when I used to watch wrestling. That was a time when I used to love it. I, I loved wrestling. Not anymore. Now it's beyond what? idiotic and stage and all that. But superstar Billy Graham, I, I told you not that long ago, I saw a whole documentary. And his kid right now, what is it, uh, Cody? He's one of the champs, right? Well, that's actually Dusty Rhodes's. Son. Oh, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, but, you're right. But you're right. Su- superstar Billy Graham was very much from that era, and he took that name, Superstar, from the musical, uh, the rock opera, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Yep. He was a big admirer of Billy Graham, the evangelist, and it was his way of being kind of larger than life. So I think it's a nice way to pay tribute okay. to Superstar Billy Graham. Very good. As well. Any uh, any message this morning to the aforementioned Bo Deedle? and or Curtis Sliwa. I know you heard every second of it yesterday. Now, you're an adult, and you usually take the high road, but that was an unprovoked, savage beating. Are you just going to say nothing? You're friends with every mobster in New York, everyone. (laughs) First of all, uh, Curtis can um, say uh, whatever he wants as far as I'm concerned. I don't take it too seriously. I think it's very funny. And Curtis can call me a a know-it-all. But the reality of of the situation is when Curtis needs to know anything for his show or for life, the first person he calls is me. Wait so a second. Is, Wait a second. He is the primary beneficiary what? of me being a new one. You're telling me that Curtis Sliwa, who finds a way to criticize you on this show at least twice a week, when yes. he needs information with all of his criticisms, you're telling me that he contacts you. Absolutely. 100% of the time. Absolutely. And uh, as far as Bo goes, look, I'm flattered just to be mentioned. Uh, (laughs) As as your friend Eric Adams uh, once told me, the only bad press is the obituary. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well done. Frank Morano, host of The Other Side of Midnight. So one day last week, I got a call from my friend from Victims Rights New York, Jennifer Harrison. And I think it was Monday, actually, because the day before, Jumani Williams, the public advocate, did a show on Instagram Live where he said things like bail reform has not cost one life in this city. All the things that we've grown to hate politicians for, Jumani Williams found a way to actually defend on this ridiculous Instagram Live. And he went after Jennifer and Bob Holden a Democrat out of Queens. So the next day, I had both Holden and Harrison on this show the next morning. And Harrison and Holden, Holden specifically said, it's time to get rid of that position. We don't need it. We don't even know what Jumani Williams does. He stays on Fort Hamilton, sits on his computer. He does nothing. It's time to abolish that position. Are they gaining any headway in that? Uh, they are. Uh, both Councilmember Holden and Brooklyn Democrat Kalman Yeager are introducing legislation to do just that. And I think with good reason. I mean, there's $5 million plus in funding for this office. And nobody can tell you anything that Jamani Williams can do, has done. And it's not necessarily only his fault because... The job itself is a total waste. It serves no purpose. There are two spelled out responsibilities of the public advocate in the city charter. One is if the mayor dies, you take over for 60 days. Two is if there's a a tie vote in the city council, you get to cast the tie-breaking vote. Do you know how many tie-breaking votes there have been in the city council in the 30 years since we've had a public advocate? I'm going to say zero. 
Zero. See, so, I, I, I always thought the public advocate's job was basically to keep the mayor in check. And if the mayor well, does something, he's supposed to criticize the mayor. Well, and look, and, and I guess that is what, what they've turned it into is a, uh, a, a job with the bully pulpit, uh, to use the bully pulpit. Do you really need a five million dollar plus bit of funding to, to have a bully pulpit to criticize the mayor? I don't think so, but maybe you do. So what I'd love to see, uh, is let's put this Holden Yeager proposal on the ballot and let the people vote. Let the people vote next November or even this November. Have the council put it on the ballot. They have the proposal. Keep this useless office. Is If they think, if the voters think it's worth $5 million plus in funding or get rid of it, there, I, I would be a strong vote to get rid of it. The problem is, uh, Jamani Williams being black, Everything in this city is a racial issue. Right, right. So the fact that Jaeger yeah. and Holden are white mm. and they're proposing uh, eliminating an office that's currently uh, held by a person of color, right. they're going to be able to play that race card. Yeah. Well, fine. F. Kumani Williams, I don't care if he's white or black, he sucks. I know he's got Tourette's, too. That'll be an issue because he's, I guess he's got a disability and he's black. I don't care. He's, he's a racist and he sucks. Get rid of him. Uh, talking about the city council I keep telling folks for as much attention as we pay to the 2024 presidential election, what's going on this November here in New York really affects us, affects us, Frank, on a daily basis a heck of a lot more than who's sitting on Pennsylvania Avenue. Yet, yet, it's like pulling teeth to get people to A, care, and B, certainly vote. What's the issue? Well, you know, as far as the races go this year, there's not enough competitive races. There should be more. Here in Staten Island, where I live, there should be a competitive race for DA. And uh, there's, you know, a, a strong case to be made that some of the council races could be, if not competitive, they should at least have token well, opposition. Well, whose fault is that? I brought this up to both uh, your borough president, Vito Bosella, and Nicole Maliotakis. You've got that Democrat DA there for years uh, it's been a while since they've had a Republican DA. Whose fault is it that a lot of these people go unchallenged in your borough? I, I think it's the the kind of the club out here. One of the things that makes Staten Island politi- uh, political leaders effective is that they work together with one another to get stuff done. And you have to because we're the smallest borough. But what that leads to is a certain chumminess among all the elected officials, Democrat and Republican, and a willingness to make deals. For instance, the – and look, I, I'd vote for Mike McMahon uh, for DA. He's the only good DA in the whole city as far as I'm concerned. But – um, his wife also happens to be a Supreme Court justice. She wanted to be cross-endorsed by the Republicans. The Republicans also had people that they wanted to get cross-endorsed for Supreme Court justice. So they strike this grand bargain where um, they create two new Supreme Court seats, get a seat for a Republican. Judy McMahon gets cross-endorsed by the Republicans. Mike McMahon gets no opponent. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was um, a wink and a nod to the Republicans from McMahon saying, look, this will be my last term. Four years from now, you can run one of your your up-and-coming lawyers, politicians for DA. But I think it all comes down to the kind of clubhouse chumminess that yeah, goes on in Staten Island politics. You know, I always like it when these big-time politicians <laughs> like stuff on my social media that has nothing to do with politics. So, for example, on Instagram this morning, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, there's a picture of me. 
American flag behind me, cursing out the Bidens and yelling out my support for Trump. That's easy. But, for example, Carrie Lake yesterday liked the picture of me first day on the set of Gemini Lounge dating back to March of 2022. So I texted Carrie and I said, I got to tell you, I love when you like stuff that has nothing to do with politics. And she goes, well, you're an interesting person. I like to keep up with what's going on in your life. And now she's part of a big news story today. I know you're following with Frank because it looks like she is, in fact, throwing her hat into the Arizona Senate race. Your thoughts on Carrie Lake, the senator? Well, I, I think she is certainly an interesting person, and uh, she's got a lot of appeal to a certain percentage of the of the electorate. She, I don't think, I don't believe, has any chance of getting elected in uh, the general election in Arizona. I think there's a chance she could win the primary, although that's uh, far from a uh, guarantee. She's facing a spirited challenge from a, a very popular sheriff out there in uh, in Arizona, but. I think that um, Kirsten Cinema, with ten or eleven million dollars as an independent, actually has the uh, the opportunity to um, make history and become the first independent elected in the state of Arizona. She needs about fifty five percent of the independents. She needs about twenty percent of the Democrats and a little more than thirty percent of the Republicans to win. And if they nominate Carrie Lake. That is the best news possible for Kirsten Cinema because I think you could see some moderate Republicans peel off and say, look, we know Carrie Lake can't win in the general election. Uh, let's vote for Cinema. At least it's not as bad as the Democrat, Ruben Gallego, who wants to replace Cinema in the general. I think Cinema is on the verge of pulling off a Joe Lieberman. You remember when Lieberman yeah. who lost the Democratic primary to Ned Lamont in Connecticut and then was able to win as an independent in the general? putting together this sort of a coalition. I think cinema with this kind of money in the bank and this sort of unusual crossover appeal that she has to some Republicans, I think she, Carrie Lake's candidacy is the best news possible for Kirsten Cinema. All right. Superstar Frank Morano, as always, very informative, funny, great job. And again, congratulations on being a Bally's superstar. But thank you, and in all seriousness, Sid, uh, congratulations to you on the recent ratings. Well, thank um, you. This is a tough month for talk radio, and for you to put up the numbers you did last month is extraordinary. Well, you don't have to say that, but say it again. <laughs> Thanks for having me, brother. It's you got it, superstar. Take care. He's right. I did mention it just once yesterday. The number this show got in July, outrageous. No one comes close and hasn't. Stop yelling at me. Stop yelling at me. There's no issue with somebody beating their chest. The issue becomes you beat your chest with nothing to show for it. We are killing it. Nothing. It's never been done before. Never at this station. Not even Imus. So stop yelling at me. Stop being a narcissist for a sec. All right. Fine. Just a little. <laughs> well, listen. I don't ask you guys to call me superstar, do I? <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm right now the calendar right now. Just please, never yeah. say never. Frank Morano, terrific job. we got three more great hours to come. And, of course, we always start hour number two every weekday morning with the man. He's the man, the great Curtis Sliwa. Keep it right here on a hump day Wednesday, sitting friends in the morning. Radio 77 WABC. Oi!
This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us got them? Friends. 's listening right now in Texas says the show sounds great he's talking about the station's overall ratings and he couldn't figure out how I got the number that we got he uh, said we'll do some football spots he'll be in on Friday the great Pete Morgan we just had Frank Morano on the program and Frank was terrific the host of the other side of midnight but of course we put this time aside every weekday morning. For what a lot of people really have grown to love, they consider this one of the most important segments of the whole day on WABC. And that's because nobody does the work in this city. It's why he's on five days a week. Five days. That was my call. Not John, not Chad, Michael. Nobody does the work in this city like Curtis, and not just Curtis, but his lovely wife, Nancy. Nobody. And he comes on every day with a different piece of information, and nine times out of ten, it turns out to be true. He gets big ratings, noon to one, every weekday afternoon. Big ratings, doing overnights every weekend. Last night, he was part of that thousands and thousands group in Creedmoor. In fact, he got himself onto Sean Hannity last night, which is no small beat. He's the man. But before we start with all of that, Curtis Lewa, you just heard Frank Morano. Now, he contends that a lot of your information... You get from him that when you're not sure about something, and not just once, mind you, but many, 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 many times, you reach out to Frank to find out information. Will you confirm and or deny Frank Morano's contention? Oh, he's absolutely correct. Really? I, I applaud Frank. Yesterday, when this whole situation blew up, and I warned everybody in Staten Island, their mayor, the guy that they kissed took us of, Eric Adams, because all the Republicans said, we don't want to offend Eric Adams. When Eric Adams, the mayor, says every option is on the table, I tell everybody in Staten Island, that means you. And so all of a sudden it was announced that the Island Shores Assisted Living Facility, older people, uh-huh. I mean... Oh, my God, Sid, they're going to kick him out on Father Capitano Boulevard. They're going to kick out the seniors in this retirement facility to make way for the illegals. And I picked up the phone and I said, Frank, where's your ping pong partner, Joe Borelli? You know, he's, he's always talking about how I'm a degenerate liar, I'm making things up. Where is he? And Frank had to acknowledge he's on vacation. I said, again? <laughs> this guy's on perpetual vacation. Wow, it's Remember last year, same time in August? Yeah. And then he calls up all the way from Greece. Yeah. He's a degenerate. <laughs> yeah. He's a degenerate. No, he called you an ingrate. Ingrate. Yeah. Degenerate, whatever. Exactly. Meantime, yeah. I'm going to be out there on Saturday joining the demonstration. you got to join me, ladies and gentlemen. 11 a.m., 
1111 Father Capitano Boulevard, outside the assisted living facility, Island Shores, a senior retirement facility. Well, I need you then to uh, remark about this. Uh, Your friend, the mayor, did talk yesterday about the crisis. And to me, at least in this card, it sounds like he washes his hands of it, says, hey, stop asking me about it. This is all your problem. Take a listen to this, Curtis, and then comment. This would be the mayor, Eric Adams Lewis, cut number 14. This is a moment where people need to stop asking, Eric, what are you doing? You're the mayor. This is a moment we need to ask, what are we doing? We can't do this alone. This is an all-hands-on-deck. <laughs> the dollars coming in are not equaling the dollars that we have to pay going out. So we're going to do our part to the best of our abilities within the financial restraint. But we have a real call. We need every New Yorker that has something to offer to play a role. This is not Mayor Adams' job. This is the job of the people of the city of New York. And everyone should participate in that through New York City Cares. Through the hundred uh, nonprofits that make we this are up. part of, Can't make this uh, up. through all yeah. the other groups, yeah. everyone needs to be a part of that. Ah, and so, I'm not going to allow well, thank you anyone so, so to allow this. So all of a sudden, this whole God. mess for Mr. I'm a sanctuary city. Don't worry, I'll take care of you. I'm a humanitarian. All of a sudden, now this becomes a Sid Rosenberg problem. Yes, yes. Right? It's, it's it's not just me. It's all of New York. Your thoughts on the mayor's comments? Well, just look a year ago, and that's why you see these politicians. They think we're all stunned. We're stupid. Don't we remember in his $5,000 customized suit, he was there to greet the first bus from Texas I at the Port Authority with the receiving line, you know, the entourage, giving them swag bags at our expense and talking to them about all the things he was going to give them as Santa Claus with all money. He called Abbott, the governor of Texas, a racist. Abbott said, look, Eric, come down to the border. See the craziness we're dealing with. And we'll join together, a Democrat and a Republican. And we'll put pressure on Biden. No, I'm the Biden of Brooklyn. Biden is great. Biden is going to help me. Hey, you got Ugats. You got (laughs) Bupkis. You're like a beggar out in the street with a tin can. Biden, I love you. (laughs) Give me some money. (laughs) What about the schmuck that puts Chuck E. Cheese humor? He gives you nothing. Nothing. What about your homeboy, Hakeem Jeffries, that you love to do Biggie Smalls, you know, lines to? (laughs) Nothing. And you're standing there with your three-piece set in your hand, and you're blaming us? Us? You wanted them? It's your mess. Now fix it. Now, for folks that didn't see the great videos that you sent me last night or didn't watch you on Sean Hannity last night and are just hearing this morning about this massive rally, my friend Lynn is upset she couldn't make it, this massive, she's a Queens resident, this massive rally you were at last night, uh, you sent me videos talking to folks in the street. You claimed there were thousands of people. There were. There were some protesters on the other side, about 40, yes. compared to the thousands of people that were on your side. You also claimed a large group of them were WABC and specifically Sid Rosenberg listeners. Yes. Tell me about what happened outside of Creedmoor last night. What's interesting because we've done six demonstrations. You can't just do one demonstration. This is typical of politicians. They call one demonstration, they pack their bags, and they leave. This was the sixth demonstration. Each demonstration got more and more people. The sixth one not in Queens or overall? No, outside of Creedmoor. Right there. Six, six outside of, of Creedmoor. You know me. I've wow. And the point is this time we got the co-op owners. Most of them are your peeps. Most of them are Democrats. Most of them were coming up to me saying, Curtis, I made a bad decision. I'm sorry. 
I voted for Eric Adams. I said, hey, no hard feelings. Let's join together in solidarity, Republicans, Democrats. We got to fight this. Across the street, 40 AOC socialists, they were looking at this crowd. They couldn't believe it. And they're proud. They're saying, we socialists, we welcome the, the, the immigrants, the migrants. And I said, you welcome them? Take him into your house. Right. Eric Adams offered you $68 a night. Did you take any of them into your house? No. What about all those religious leaders like our own Rabbi Joe Potashnik at his synagogue in Brooklyn Heights and the Reverend A.R. Bernard, 5,000 seats, megachurch. Remember the mayor said, I'll give you $120 for every illegal alien you take in. Hey, Rabbi Joe, Bupkis. Hey, Reverend A.R. Bernard. Nothing, because they're all phonies. They're all fagazies. They kiss Eric Adams' ass. They got their lips sealed to his tuchus. And now look at it. And I want you to ask your very dear friend, Arthur Idala. I'm setting up a demonstration right outside of Shore Road Park, right at 79th Street. Well, Arthur Idala, join me in solidarity because Eric Adams wants to put a tent with illegal aliens in Shore Road Park. Interesting you would ask that, because the famed defense attorney, Arthur Idala, will be joining me in about 23 minutes. And you know I never, ever, ever come up short with you, Curtis, including on Lawrence Jones on national television. Yes. So I will ask him, and, and talking about Bay Ridge, you did say last night outside of Creedmoor, now this is not just Queens, all the boroughs. Yes. This is a major issue if you missed it. Lewis, this is uh, Curtis Saliwa from last night, cut number 17. It's a Washington issue. We can't deal with this in all the boroughs. Can't deal with this in all the boroughs. And, 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 and what does our mayor say? Every option is on the Every, table. So, so, hey. you're, so you're pretty sure that Bay Ridge, Brooklyn is oh, going to look, be next. Justin Brannon was in City Hall on his knees begging every deputy mayor because the mayor won't talk to him. Every deputy man, you, if you do this, I lose the race to Harry Kagan. Do you realize I'm the man? I'm the guy who controls the finances. And they're like saying to him, Justin, every option is on the table. <laughs> Deal with it. Oh, boy. The guy came out like he had been pimp slapped around. And I sent you a video with him in front of the young Democrats in Brooklyn saying, the people are stupid. They don't know anything. That's why he tells people, I didn't vote uh, to defund the police. And everyone who's come on your show would say, absolutely. Yesterday, the DEA chief, right, the Giacomo said, yes, yes he did. Yes, he did. He, he voted to take a billion dollars out of the police. Well, here's budget. what he does. He's, he's a bit of a sneak. Brandon, he did vote to defund the police by a billion dollars in 2020. Now, last year, last year, he pulls his bubble mind, so he wanted to give him 300000 But the truth is, back in 2020, which he completely dismisses, he absolutely 1,000% defunded the police. Absolutely. And and uh, John Tobacco, who was at the demonstration last night. That's oh, my boy. He's got quite a following. Hey, Johnny, Johnny. Uh, listen, he, he's a big, uh, big star in Staten Island. And John Tobacco said, you were right about Staten Island. Curtis, these Republicans have been stabbing you in the back, saying you're making stuff up. You just want to stir the pot, make trouble with Eric Adams that they make deals with. And I'm warning all of my Republicans out there. I won Staten Island. You don't give me a microphone on Saturday at 11, right? I'll wait. I'll, I'll be the last speaker. <laughs> but if you deny me yeah. and you give those Democrats who are working with Eric Adams 
to kick the elderly people out of that senior retirement facility. Right there at Island Shores, 1111 Father Capitano Boulevard. Let Sliwa speak because they're all going to try to poke on me. And I'll bet you right now Joe Borelli is packing somewhere <laughs> in Greece or Italy or whatever. we got to go home. Wait, Joe, we got another Wait two weeks. Wait a second. But Joe Borelli, last I checked, he is a Republican, right? He's got to be on your side with nope. this. No. What do you mean no? And by the way, uh, Frank Morano talked about how he would vote for the DA uh, there, McMahon. He did say that, yes. McMahon was going to arrest Rudy Giuliani. That's true. Remember how Eric Adams was calling up, I mean, arrest Rudy Giuliani for filing a false police report. You know, Frank Morano out there, you should take a box of runs, <laughs> only sort of bone <laughs> spaghetti, and stick it in your eyeballs. Yeah, he also, as far as I know, and I don't live there, but McMahon, this DA, uh, does what uh, other folks do, like even the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, yeah. and lets violent criminals totally. on Staten Island roam the streets. Staten Island has had the biggest increase in all categories of yes. crime. Great job, you ambulance <laughs> Jason McMahon. And notice Frank said, well, everybody works together with one another. Yeah, the Republicans back him up because McMahon then promises, I won't prosecute you for political corruption. <laughs> you scratch my belly, I scratch yours. Oh, and notice now. what Frank Morano didn't mention is the North Shore that's crime-ridden, right? Who are the Republicans? They didn't even put up an opponent. I'm, I'm, I'm actually supporting Ruslan Shamal, who will be at the rally on Saturday. We're running him on an independent line. What, what, what is his name, this person? Ruslan Shamal. Yeah. He's Russian. Oh. He comes from Brooklyn. Come on now. He lives in Staten Island. What am I saying? They are great Republicans. We love them. And they wouldn't even give him the lie. Instead, they let this Camellia Hanks. Oh, no opposition. She hates the police. She defunds the police. She wants criminals in the street. What the hell is going on in your minds in Staten Island? Well, guess what? You guys failed your population. You swore there would be no more illegal aliens brought out there. Yeah, follow Joe Borelli right into the Arthur Kill, the Kill Van Co., and swim over to Perth Amboy, because I'm telling you, I'm there to save the senior citizens at the assisted living facility, Island Shores, the senior retirement facility, where Eric Adams is going to kick the seniors into the street to bring in the illegals. 11 o'clock Saturday, 1111 Father Capitano Boulevard. I'll be there. Come on out, thousands. Democrats, Republicans, together. We got to stop the illegal invasion because Eric Adams just said, it's not my problem, it's your problem. And then in two years, we're coming after you, Eric Adams. You'll be able to wear your $5,000 customized suits every day. While you sit in your basement apartment on Lafayette Avenue in Bed-Stuy, do or die, and wonder. Gee, I could have been mayor another four years. I could have what happened to my Republican friends. Joe Borelli, uh, we were swapping spit. You, 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 you defamed Curtis. You called him a liar. I was a liar. I expect apologies when I roll into Staten Island on Saturday. Friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Here on the I'm the Morning Program on the radio. Well, on the radio, actually, all over the world. Armed Forces Radio and all that. 
Please welcome now to the program the next president of the United States, Donald Trump. Good morning, Mr. Trump. Well, that sounds good to me. That, you I know. Tell you. Hi, Don. How are you? Good. So uh, a lot of people, including me, didn't think you'd ever do this, but you actually filed the papers. I filed the papers. A lot of people said, oh, he'll never do it. Why would he do it? He leads this wonderful life. I love what I'm doing. I always talk about it. I tell people you have to love what you do, and I love running my company. I built a great, great company. You've been watching me over the years, right, over a long time. And it's an amazing company, as people have now seen, because I'm private, so nobody even knows. And, yeah, I filed the papers, and uh, I'm on my way. And I guess you saw the polls are coming out very good. You know, once people saw that I was really running, which I am, uh, the polls are very, very good. So, uh, you know, we have a... It's a long, it's a long track. It's a long haul, but uh, we're going to make the country great again. The country's going to hell. I mean, it's going bad, and it's going bad fast. And it can, it just can't continue to be this way, Don. We owe soon nineteen trillion dollars. Nineteen trillion. When it hits twenty-four trillion, we become a large-scale version of Greece. Right. Eight years later, it still sounds the same, right? Donald Trump is still talking about a country going to hell. The deficit now over thirty trillion, not nineteen trillion. But it all sounds the same. Back then, Obama was just leaving office. He was going to run against Hillary Clinton, and here we go now for a third time. I love doing stuff like that, bringing back the old memories. And that's when I miss and Trump got along, and I miss started to call them uh, blubber titties. And uh, Trump didn't like it. Didn't think it was funny. And by the time Imus died, so did that relationship. They were done. You know, you uh, <laughs> both Imus and Stern, both of those guys, had Donald Trump on all the time. All the time. And, in fact, the first time me and Bernie had Trump on was because Bernie would always talk to Trump when Trump would call in, and Trump kind of liked him. Now... Bernie, God rest his soul, is gone, and me and Trump have become friends. Oh, I've known Donald Trump for 25 years, back to his sports days. But both Imus and Stern turned their backs on him and stabbed him. And both of those guys more than once admitted he was a great guest. Howard Stern once said he was the best guest I had. The best. And now he takes every opportunity to eviscerate Trump. So Imus and Stern, while very, very different... Very, very much alike. You know, Staten Island has been a topic of conversation all morning long. Frank Morano was on. He readers from Staten Island. Curtis has a, a big rally uh, going on this weekend in terms of Staten Island. So it turns out I get a phone call a couple of days ago from a buddy of mine. He'll remain nameless. And he's freaking out. He goes, Sid, Sid, I know you know the guys at the Brooklyn Cyclones. Do you know anybody at the Staten Island Ferry Hawks? I go, is this a serious question? He goes, yeah. I go, you realize my owner, John Katsimatidis, here at WABC, and my dear friend on top of that, I always tell people, Katsimatidis is my friend before he's my boss and owner. And I mean that, him and Margo. I go, he partly owns a team. <laughs> I've been out there a million times. Of course, I've got connections at the Ferry Hawks. Sid, you got to help me. I go, what? What's going on? So it turns out, no, I don't know if you know about this. There's a team called the Savannah Bananas. 
They're an exhibition baseball team based in Savannah, Georgia. And I guess they've got some unique brand of the sport known as Banana Ball. And Banana Ball comes to Staten Island this Friday night when the Bananas take on the Berryhawks. In fact, they'll be there Friday the 11th and Saturday the 12th. This is independent American, excuse me, Atlantic League baseball. Are you familiar with this worldwide craze the Savannah Bananas? Oh, yeah. They are the Harlem Globe Trotters yes! of baseball. This they are guy, so much fun. This guy is begging me for five tickets. So I called Gary Perone. That's my guy. I probably could have called, uh, what's the other kid's name? Uh, Scheffler or what's his name? The other guy that runs the team, uh, the GM or something. Uh, no, I forgot his yeah, name. I don't, but, I don't know. But I called Gary. I go, I need tickets. He goes, Sid, I, I can't get them. I go, Gary, Gary, you're going to find a way to get me five tickets to this game on Friday. Or Saturday, but Friday. And uh, he was getting a haircut. Hasn't gotten back to me. So whoever's listening right now at the Ferry Hawks, make sure there are five tickets put aside for me, all kidding aside. I had no idea the craze, how huge this weekend is going to be on Staten Island. You, you can't, no matter where they go, no matter what city they plan, you cannot get a ticket. They're sold out months in advance. Unbelievable. Well, yeah. congratulations to the Staten Island Ferry Hawks and... Katsimatidis and the whole group there, and it could be a beautiful weekend, and sounds very, very exciting. In fact, we're going to see all those folks here today because is it uh, once a month we have our big sales meeting in the stage? What is this called here? Uh, it was stage seventeen. Studio something is it an official name? I don't know what yeah, it's called. But we've sure got our either. big sales meeting, and you know they become they're really the unsung heroes of the station. We never talk about sales. I mean, I bring up. Leslie Slender a lot on this show and Lisa Orban, but we never really talk about sales. Chad and Tachinelli and all those guys, and uh, they all do a terrific job. They really do. So I'm going to take a couple of seconds right now and congratulate the WABC sales team for working very, very hard and doing a great job. And I, for one, will poke my head into the meeting this morning to do it live right in front of them. Well, how about that? What a thrill. They, yes. I, I, how Thank long you. would that take to recover from an event Shut like up. that? Shut <laughs> up. You know, you're such a – even Chad Lopez walked over. You were so happy to hear that. And you're just you're, – you're making fun of me the whole – it's a big deal for the salespeople to have a guy no, like no, me no. walk in and say, great job. No, that's – When was you. the last time you said something nice about the sales force? I say it to them every day to No, their you faces. do. No, you're a liar. Yes, I do. You don't say anything I nice ever. I see Glenn Tacinelli every morning. You I do say, not. Morning, Glenn, you, how you are you? are such yeah. a liar. I talked – God, I mistaught you so well it's unbelievable. I I just I just I already did a favor unbeknownst to you. What did you do on the show? This. Yeah, what did you last, do? Okay, you want one of the salespeople yeah. asked if I could help with a, a sales thing about a musical group. Oh wow! And I played the song. Was this already. Jason Mraz? No. Okay, because they've asked me about that. Okay, Pablo Cruz. Oh, I love Pablo Cruz. Okay, right. Who was the salesperson? I was uh, Darren. Okay. Very good guy. Oh, great guy. Yes. I'm glad so, you know his name. Well, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> because I know somebody who probably would forget their name. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. I know, I know no, every I'm salesperson. I no, stop I'm in the so, halls. Sid, that's what, yeah, you stop in the halls yeah. and you just tell them about Gemini Land, probably, <laughs> that it's coming up. Hey, are you coming to the opening? Friday? <laughs> Please. Funny. Come on. Well, listen, I do want to congratulate Chad Lopez and Glenn Tacinelli and all of our salespeople for doing a great job. I really mean that, and I'll see you guys coming up 
at about 9 o'clock this morning. But right now. <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting all the donuts and everything ready for you. Don't worry. They're all they excited. ought to. 7.39 on your hump day Wednesday morning. Here's the man. Oh, before we get to you, I'm sorry, Joe. I do want to get to you because Hard Knocks actually debuted on HBO last night oh, on the Jets, and I missed, missed it. it. I missed it. 77 WABC. Well, we all know that as a matter of law, he lost the election, right? The, the deeper question, and the one that I think he's dodging, is do you believe it was a full and fair election? Mm. That's really the question. And with respect to the interviewer, I, I think she let him off the hook. I mean, in, in the end, did he lose? Of course he lost. And I believe he lost because he lost in a full and fair election. There's a lot of Republicans. I think the majority of Republicans in the country do not believe it was a free and fair election. Yeah, well, I think that shows you the impact that Donald Trump has had um, on a lot of people. And that impact started on election night, Anderson. Because when he came out there that night at 2.30 in the morning and said, you know, um, we won the election. It's being stolen. Um, people assume that the president of the United States knows things they don't know. Mm. And, and if you're also inclined to be supportive, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And then that stuff has just, you know, seeped in. He has said any number of times to me, both personally and I've heard him say to others, you say something enough times, it becomes true. And that is clearly his philosophy on everything he's doing right now um, to the American people. Shakedown Street, Grateful Dead. Turns out uh, this is a date, August 9th, when the great Jerry Garcia passed away. A lot of folks still don't believe it. Up by my mom in Bethel there by Monticello. They're still walking around waiting for Jerry and the Rolling Stones to show up. Much longer hair, but the same tie-dye T-shirt they wore in 1969. They're still walking around looking for Jerry Garcia. But he ain't coming, Lewis, because he died what year? Jerry Garcia? Jer- he died in 95. So, wow, he's already gone 20, 28 years? Oh, my God. 15 and 23. Yeah, yes. 28 years. Jeez, Jerry Garcia. So you heard that audio that was, uh, as Donald Trump referred to him last night, don't call him a fat pig. That's what Trump said in New Hampshire. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie with Anderson Cooper on CNN. He also went on to say there that Donald Trump is basically out on bail in three different states. Now, Washington, D.C., of course, is not a state, maybe three different jurisdictions, New York, D.C., and Florida. 
So I brought this up yesterday, and while I brought it up, the great defense attorney, my dear friend Arthur Idala, was texting me about bail, recognizance, the Supreme Court. Bill O'Reilly said that Mike Pence may pose an issue. I want to get to all of these topics, but there is something more pressing. So with that said, here he is, my dear friend, famed defense attorney, Arthur Idala. Good morning, Artie. Well, I look, I don't know what you have that's more pressing, but since you just talked about music, real quick, because I'm terrified, um, you know I go to these concerts, right? But usually everyone there is our age or, or, or older. Last night, after a wild day in court in two different jurisdictions, state court, federal court, running around, meetings all day, I'm coming home in the cab around 11 o'clock at night, and um, I get a text from a fellow lawyer saying, what are you doing tomorrow night? And my family's actually not around, so I'm thinking he wants to go out. I go, uh, I go, actually, I'm free, which is not a typical situation. He goes, okay, what email address is associated with your Ticketmaster account? It's like him, author at adalalaw.com. Next thing I know, on my phone, four tickets pop up for tomorrow night at the Barclays Center to go see 50 Cent. Because oh, we represent we represent 50 Cent on, like, two or three yeah. matters. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to go tomorrow night. I'm uh, going to go tomorrow night Jesus. to see a 50 Cent concert. That's horrible. How can you do I'm that? Gonna the, I'm going to be I'm gonna be the oldest guy there. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe the only Caucasian. No, 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 no. no. See, that's, see, that's where everybody, the misconception... White people, white people it, right? are the biggest consumers of that music and uh, dress the same way. And you, you wouldn't even be close to being the only Caucasian. And I like Fiddy. You know, he, uh, he did a nice TV show with my buddy Chris Mormando. And, but I could never sit through a concert. I mean, I don't care. You couldn't even pay me an appearance fee. What are you nuts? Well, let's see what's going He is he is Uber. The guy is a, a media genius, though. He's got he's everywhere. He's got a book. Oh, yeah, he's got a. We well, use that word. Got, that no, word no, genius. We just throw it around. No, no, no. Oh, please. Sid, financially, look, yeah. I've seen the guy's financials. Yeah. For a guy, he's he's got besides books, he's got liquor companies. He's got restaurants. Oh, I know. No, I he know. He owns a sports yeah. team. I mean, he ain't no joke when it comes. To no, he's a big deal. Business. He's yeah. a big deal. My friend Bobby Hartman checks in. He goes, "It's sad. Jerry Garcia spent." his whole life composing music. Now look at him. He's decomposing. Oops, Bobby Hartman. <laughs> so, Artie, so I know you heard uh, Curtis Sliwa on the very top of this hour. Before we get to the Trump stuff, Chris Christie, Mike Pence, and uh, he's about to organize a big rally, Shore Road, your neighborhood, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. In fact, I would say right now, you are, for me at least, are the face of what I used to love about Bay Ridge. You're that guy. Not Justin Brandon. No, thank you. You are. And Curtis contends that there is eventually going to be tents set up Shore Road, Bay Ridge, despite Justin Brandon's fight back. He says, don't listen. It's going to happen. Eric Adams says, every place is in place. This is what he's hearing. He's trying to organize a rally to make sure Shore Road is not the next tent city. And he wants to know, Artie, Will you be there besides him defending him and your fine people of Bay Ridge, Brooklyn? Well, I, for scheduling, family scheduling reasons, I may not be able to be there. But I will tell you this. I was with a very high official yesterday from City Hall who spoke in genuinely to me. And he said, the issue is not just finding places for these people but when we do find places for these people, we can't find anyone to run the thing. So here's a building in Manhattan. The landlord's like, here, here's the keys. 
We don't have anyone to organize it, organize the whole thing. Who goes in what room? You need security. You need some form of, of, of maintenance and health care, not health care, but like sanitation in the place. Who's going to take out the garbage and pick it up? He's like, we are at which end? And this is a person I have an enormous amount of respect for intellectually and, and otherwise. And he basically said that the migrant crisis for the Adams administration has almost broken the administration because it is a part of every conversation of everything they're doing. Oh, well. They've gotten, he goes, look, think about Yankee Stadium. He goes, and how many people are in Yankee Stadium? About 50,000. We got two Yankee stadiums. There's yeah. 100,000 people. Sure. We just don't know what the heck to do. Well, 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 I understand. But, you know, when you call yourself a sanctuary city and when you reach out and tell everybody what the great humanitarian you are and come here, come here, come here, and when they come here and now the numbers are too big and you want to bitch and complain and still – Still not call out Joe Biden by name. Still not call out Mayorkas and the border. What in God's name do you expect? I'm sorry. Okay. My sympathies for Adams and City Hall. Zero. The folks on the street. Okay. Some of these folks being thrown out of centers in Staten Island, in Queens. Those are the folks I feel badly for. Not Eric Adams. Okay. but I'm not telling you to feel badly for Eric Adams. I will tell you this, and I don't think I'm betraying any confidences, but he, yes, maybe he's not standing on the uh, the top of City Hall calling well, maybe, out Biden. Well, maybe or he's not. Okay. He's not. Say but, he's not. Okay, he's not. But the reason is what they've learned the hard way is that has gotten them nothing. They are on their hands and knees behind closed doors begging. And basically the word they got back was hang on for a year. If Biden gets reelected, we'll cut you a check for a lot of money. But we're not doing it until after the presidential election. And basically, Hoko is not giving them any, any big relief either. So they're going to Albany asking for help. They're going to D.C. and begging for help. Right. And they got bucked. The right. Doors and, and, and yet, and, right, head. right. And Eric Adams still says Kathy Hochul is a partner and does a very good job for our city. He still refers to himself as the Biden of Brooklyn, tells everybody that he loves Joe Biden. So I'm not sure what you're talking about. You know, you're telling me that he's begging these people for help. And these people who just spit right in his face and say, F you, Mr. Mayor, he continues to say nice things about. So if he's so pissed, he needs needs their help on. No, because all he cares about, all he cares about is furthering his political career. And those are powerful Democrats. And that is becoming increasingly clear every day. I like the guy, too, Artie. I probably had more dinners and lunches than you have with Eric Adams. But let's stop the bullshit. Oh, excuse dump that. Let's stop the, 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 the bullshit, okay? okay? I, I, I Let's you, stop. I, I don't think you can stay, say that. Listen, all I can tell you is what I was told. I'm not making – this is not my words, is that the reason why they can't just cut ties and go on uh, City Hall and say Biden sucks why not? is there are other issues because they need his help on other issues besides the uh, – I've heard this, too. I've heard this, too, right? But, and, and they can't really blow up Albany because it's not just bail reform. He needs money for education. He needs money. I've, I've heard the same excuses. If Rudy look, Giuliani look, look. Rudy Giuliani was in charge right now, he'd be blowing up everybody, and he'd get what he wants. Trust me. Trust me. It, but it was, it was a different oh, era. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. Look, at, look at your situation, Sid, because I know sometimes – in, 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 in your world, you get your hands slapped about one thing. Uh, we don't want you to do that. You don't tell the whole network, go F yourself. Sorry, you just say, okay, no. fine. I, I disagree with your decision. No. I'm going to play ball with you on everything else. Nope. 
The whole network. Go up yourself. I don't care. Well, uh, <laughs> you just told me five minutes ago, John Katsimatidis is your best friend. He is my best friend. He's a great guy. But let me tell you something. I love him to death. I swear to God and my children, I hope I never work for anybody else. But next year, when I want more money, I'm going to go to him and expect more money. I don't care. That's how it works. Well, let me know if I'm let, let me know if I'm writing the contract. <laughs> yeah. let, let's, let's switch over to Trump because I want to talk about what, what you're. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me. So when, when Chris Christie said the the bail, he's out on bail. You sent me some so, really good text. Tell me about that. Well, first of all, Chris Christie was a United States attorney, right in New Jersey. I had cases against him. He should know better. He really of, of everybody. You know, he should know better. Trump is not out on bail. He doesn't. He doesn't even have what's called a personal recognizance bond. So, like I'm representing right now, a guy who was the former chief of police up in Massachusetts. We go to court. He, he did something foolish regarding stocks. Uh, we go to court. The judge made him sign a piece of paper, and his wife signed a piece of paper, and his sister signed a piece of paper, saying, "If this guy doesn't come back to court, the three of them together own a owe a quarter of a million dollars." to the government. So that's a guy who's technically out on bail. Trump didn't do that. Nobody had to sign a piece of paper saying, oh, if Donald Trump doesn't come back, he's got a, he's on what's really called uh, uh, pre-trial, pre-trial services he's supposed to report into every once in a while. He's not doing that either. So Chris Christie should know Donald Trump is not out on bail, not nearly the way uh, any of us talk about it. So that's all nonsense. And the great Bill O'Reilly yesterday, who I believe said I should take a nap. When I said, <laughs> he you did. Know, he did say that. <laughs> I know. He said, right. He said, because you said, Idala said, if the jurors believe Pence, they can convict. Of course, that's the truth. Think about it. Everyone who's listening, think about it. If you're, if some guy is pulling out of your driveway, stealing your car, and you see their face, and then the car is recovered, Two days later, but they catch some guy, and you identify him. You go, yeah, that's the guy who stole my car. That's the only evidence. There's no video. There's no DNA. There's no fingerprints. The prosecutor puts you on the stand. You look at the 12 jurors and say, look, I got to look at the guy for 10 seconds as he pulled away from my driveway. That's the guy who stole my car. What's the verdict? Guilty. I mean, that's every case they tried in the Brooklyn DA's office back in 30 years ago. There was no DNA, video, audio, all this nonsense. It was just one human being's. It was called a one-witness ID. I did one-witness ID robberies, one-witness ID rapes. So a one-witness in any case, state court, federal court, could absolutely secure a conviction, period, end of story. The other thing that the great Bill O'Reilly said about change of venue is they're going to appeal it to the Supreme Court of the United States. Uncle Bill O'Reilly, I know you're going to make my friend sit a million dollars with this show you're doing in in Long Island. And I'm happy for Sid and his family. He's going to make all this money. Go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) The the bottom line is you can't, under under the laws, under the federal laws, you cannot appeal a change of venue motion. What you could do is say, and this is what you have to do, uh, Trump would have to hire a company that does a survey that shows how – um, prejudice that community is that it is absolutely impossible to get a a fair jury. He then presents that to the trial judge. If the trial judge says no, he, it's called a writ of mandamus. It is not called an appeal. The difference is an appeal the court has to take. A writ of mandamus, the court can take it or not take it. They can say, look, 
this judge made this decision. We're going to honor her discretion. And that's at the, the, not at the Supreme Court level. That's just at the Court of Appeals level. The Supreme Court never touches these cases. Now it's Donald Trump. Maybe, maybe they would touch this case, but I highly doubt it. They're going to say, let it go to trial, and we'll, we'll deal with the appeals after the fact. But you cannot appeal a change of venue. You cannot appeal uh, whether the judge should recuse themselves or not. I know you have great guests on your show. You've got the number one show in the world, but a lot of them are kind of entertainers. You bring me on because this is what I do every day. I have three retired judges who work for me. No doubt. So after your show, I went into the office. I go, I need research on three things. Is Trump out on bail? Can you appeal a judge not recusing themselves? And can you appeal a change of venue? I got guys who are much smarter than me pulling me up case law and this and that. I'm like, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. And yes, you can convict Donald Trump on one witness's testimony. Whether it'll happen or not is a different story. Yes. But you can do it. By law, you can do it. And by law, you can't appeal a change of venue. You could do something crazy, which is a writ of mandamus, which is literally like climbing Mount Everest (laughs) in the federal court. Oh, well, listen, that was a great job out of you. uh, That is why I bring you on, because you're a tremendous, you're not good, you're not great, you're a tremendous attorney, and you do care, and uh, you do the research. When I bring you back, though, next week, uh, your ears must have been ringing this weekend. Because Danielle and I walked downstairs at one point. I have to run now, but walked downstairs at one point, and Ava, my beautiful daughter, is sitting watching TV in my family room, and she's watching a documentary about Ghislaine Maxwell. We'll get oh, to boy. that next time you come on. Uh, as always, Arthur Wright Dollar, not a good job, a great job. I love you. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Have a great one. You too. Enjoy uh, 50 Cent. Audio Dollar right there, wrapping up hour number two a bit late, but... All worth it. Jerry Garcia, God rest his soul. Grateful Dead, Shakedown Street. In the morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. A lot of this, I do want to do it this morning. Monday in California, they held a congressional forum about the 13 brave souls, American men and women, that were killed in Afghanistan almost two years to the day now, two years, because of the ineptitude, irresponsibility of Joe Biden and his seven dwarves. Now, again, didn't do a lot of it yesterday, but we're still compiling audio, which took place yesterday on Fox News, which makes it a better segment today. But 
Let me go quickly to my news director, Noam Layden. Noam, give me uh, the specifics. Monday was this forum in California, and it was just a bunch of folks railing on the Biden administration. Is that yeah, right? I mean, it wasn't just a bunch of folks. It was these Gold Star families who lost their loved ones back in 2021 during that suicide bombing at um, Karzai International Airport in Kabul. And these are moms and dads who want to know exactly what happened to their kids. And here they are two years later, and they still don't know the real story. Now, obviously, they were killed in this terrorist attack, but they want to know maybe about their last moments. Uh, what was... Th- what led up to that terrorist attack? Could it have been prevented? Lots of great questions from these Gold Star families on Monday. Yeah, a couple we have right here. Thank you, Noam. One was Gold Star mom, Cheryl Rex, and she was on Fox News yesterday. This will be cut number 11, Lewis. And um, she talked about the disrespect. We've got two separate parents and then a couple of high-profile political guys talking about this. Uh, cut number 11, Gold Star Mom, Cheryl Rex. It's just disrespect. He's disrespected all 13 of our kids when they came home. You just can't spend a little bit of time and honor our kids the correct way. You don't check your watch. If you had somewhere else to be, then you shouldn't have been there. Let us be there. That's true. You know, if you didn't uh, see it or don't remember, there it was, the funeral and the American flags draped over these coffins, and much like Jane Fonda in the movie Clute, when she's having sex with her John in the bathtub, and she checks her watch, Joe Biden actually checked his watch right in the middle of the funeral. <laughs> you can't make this up. That was that was a good comparison, though. I Clute, like yes. Went back to yes. Clute. By the way, uh, he did it more than once. It wasn't only once. Checked his watch. And he's never been honest, and this administration has never been honest. Read the poll, Jack. And Goldstorm Mom Show Rex makes that point in this cut, cut number 12. I think it's important for the American people and the public to know the truth. Um, we're still waiting for the truth. We get, we get question, answers to our questions that we can't get straight answers to been lied to since the very beginning yes and in what way the stories don't coincide um you always believe your boots on the ground and their stories don't retract back to what we've been given the information all the way down to the way our kids have passed away this was a colossal failure the afghan exit by this administration and 1000 percent led to the death of these 13 people. Now, there are some that contend, including Peter King, who's going to join me at 840. This was the catalyst for Putin to go into Ukraine. And I'm on record 100 times. I'll say it again. Nonsense. He was going in no matter what. He went in to Crimea when Obama was president. He was going into Ukraine. Maybe, yes, maybe that's, uh, this made him feel like it was the right time. But as soon as Joe Biden won, well before these 13 souls perished, Vladimir Putin was going into Ukraine. You can bet your ass on that. Bet your last dollar. But either way, this was a colossal failure. And I believe this gold star dad, Darren Hoover, who lost a child there too, said it best when he talked about each man, and he called them out by name. This is a good lesson 
for Mayor Eric Adams. When you want to get something done, you call out people by name, not position, not the title of the office. You call these people out by name, which is exactly what Gold Star Dad Darren Hoover does right here in cut number 10. I'm calling out Secretary Blinken, Secretary Austin, General Milley, General McKenzie, Lieutenant Colonel Whited, who could not give the order to the snipers to take out the bomber before he detonated his vest, and ultimately the president. Do what our son did. Be a grown-ass man. Admit to your mistakes. Learn from them so that this doesn't happen ever, ever again. You all need to resign immediately. Our sons and daughters have more integrity in their little toes than every one of them combined. God bless Gold Star parents Cheryl Rex and Darren Hoover, former Secretary of State under Donald Trump. Mike Pompeo on Fox News yesterday talked about this exit, set our military back decades. Mike Pompeo, cut number nine. I think this administration wants to put this behind them. President Biden never utters the word Afghanistan. He, he refuses to talk about it. He sends out people to say he's sorry for what happened. That is, he, uh, when we see these Gold Star families, this is absolutely tragic. But he hasn't done the right thing. He hasn't acknowledged that they screwed this up, that the loss of the lives, the 13 Americans that were killed that day in Afghanistan didn't have to be. It was a political decision. The Biden administration knew full well the likely outcome if they evacuated the way that they did. And while the effort to withdraw from Afghanistan was noble, something that we were very much committed to in the Trump administration, we also knew we were going to protect America, and we did it for four years. The Biden administration screwed this up. The results we can all see, and it just breaks my heart not only to see the grief of these Gold Star families, um, but also to see what this has done to our United States military. The fact that we withdrew in this way set us back around the world, and the Biden administration has a responsibility to own it, accept it, fix it, and get it back for us. Agreed. Taking the troops out of Afghanistan on paper, not a bad thing, but shutting down Bagram Air Force Base and taking them all out and not leaving anybody back to protect some of our people was absolutely a deadly decision. General Keene made that point in this cut, Lewis, cut number eight. I've never seen a presidential decision that is owned so much by this particular president. Certainly presidents all own their decisions. But, but Martha, the facts are the entire military chain of command, from the on-scene commander to the central command commander, to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, to the Joint Chiefs themselves, to the Secretary of Defense, to the director of the CIA, to the six other NATO nations who had troops in Afghanistan, they all told the president, do not withdraw. Keep our troops there to protect us from the al-Qaeda and ISIS in the future. He believed he had resolution on Afghanistan in a way that no one else did. And I think it was a degree of arrogance that was in the room. And he made that decision defiantly to pull our troops out of there. He owns this decision in a way that no one else does. God rest all those souls, 13 brave men and women, Americans, dead because of an awful decision. That's it. Of course, Al-Qaeda did it. I get that. But an awful decision by the President of the United States directly, directly resulted 
in the death of these 13 beautiful people. Congressman Peter King and America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani still to come. Wednesday morning with me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Shut your face, maybe you will see all here. You gotta look sharp. You gotta look sharp, sharp. In friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. But now we still have comedy, though. We still have great comedy out there. There's always rambling Joe Biden. What the? F- <laughs> Joe says <laughs> that even people at Tourette's go, no. <laughs> no. What is going on? Joe is like her uncle who's got a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right. <laughs> I'm proud to work with Barack America. He's not a superhero, you idiot. Come here. When FCR was on television, there was no TV back then. Come here, Joe. Sit down. Robin Williams for you. I believe uh, Robin did that show in 2009. It was called Weapons of Self-Destruction. It was on HBO, and I miss Robin. I do. You know, there was a stretch there, you know, like a bunch of people I really like killed themselves. You had the um, Chris Cornell, lead singer of Audio Slave and um, Soundgarden. Soundgarden. And you had... Um, Pennington, the lead singer of Lincoln Park. Before that was Robin Williams, years before that, but he did it. And then you also had, uh, I wasn't a huge fan, but Bernard was, that uh, cook who traveled the world. He was on CNN on Sunday nights. Oh, Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain. He did it too. Just, um, it's a horrible thing that people feel that lost. And mind you, all four people I just mentioned made millions of dollars. These were not destitute people living outside the Roosevelt Hotel. These were people who, at times, live lives we'd all envy. And yet, they were in such pain, they decided to check out. My friend Lynn says, I don't know how you can possibly think you're not infinitely better than Howard Stern. His day is long past. 
You are the indisputable king of all media. And, and then you want to know why I'm a narcissist. Oh, it, I, mm-hmm. I, I you want to know why, then you, you know. I have never wondered. I've never wondered. Yes, you have. No. <laughs> I, I never wonder that. I'm getting a T-shirt. New one. Again, when did that word become so widely used? Because just, just to throw it out there like I did three hours ago, the same people that accuse me of that, there's like five of them, but it's still worth mentioning. Those same people love Donald Trump, and they love Dimas. And on my worst day, I don't exhibit nearly the amount of narcissism those two guys do and did. And when did that become like a, like a, oh, narcissist? I expect to hear that from snowflakes, you know, from lefties, from liberals, not from folks listening to this station. What happened to these people? What happened? What's the matter? Like, like, I don't know. Like, like he's a narcissist, narcissist. Like, like so, so. You know that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy? Oh. He was on right before me on Lawrence Jones on Fox News on Saturday night. So the kid Connor is in the truck with me. And I go, watch this. Every time Lawrence asks a question, listen, the first word Vivek is going, and he's a very smart guy, Vivek, much smarter than me. The first word he's going to say is, so, yep. every single time. Yep. It's a crutch. crutch. I get it, like, by the way, which I do occasionally. But every single answer started with, so. That's another new thing. And I think you sound stupid. Just like young kids today end their sentences with, yeah. Yeah, what? They'll make this whole point, and they'll go, yeah, and they'll stop. This is Vivek. This guy's, he's in third. Miles and miles and miles behind Trump, but, and DeSantis. Yeah. So tonight, Lewis, I make my return to a place I have not yet been to since I came back home a couple of months ago now, right? At least a month, a month and a half. Yeah. And I contend, and this is no disrespect to the other restaurants which we enjoy immensely at home, whether it's 116 or 129. We love all these restaurants. And I'm going to say this at the point of pissing somebody off, and I don't care. The best restaurant in my area is Wits. It just is. This guy cooks sharks, which Charlie can use his help with right now because we need to be eating more sharks. They're eating us. He's going to be busy. So I'm going to go to Wits tonight, which I haven't done since I've come back. And uh, you like it there? Yeah, uh, I haven't been there, and I know you've raised You haven't about been it. there. You've I... been there for like 20 years. No, that has not. That changed, I think. That changed from another place, I believe. Wits? Yeah, didn't it? No. no. Oh, there's He's been there forever. I, I'm confused. Yeah. He's been, in fact, there was, I have one friend who remained nameless who said, you're going to love the food there, but Wit, the actual guy, is a bit surly. I said, okay, fine. No. Let me tell you something. This guy, Wit, nicest guy in the world. Likes all my Instagram pictures. I come in, he gives me a hug, gives me a kid. I mean, the guy's a sweetheart. Like, of course he's going to like like you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So? Yeah. So? So? Yeah. Like? So? 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 I'm going to go there tonight, so? Yeah. 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 Like, like we went there the other night, and, like, I told the guy, like, I like it cooked like this. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, you wanna you wanna take a bullet and put it in your head. Watch The Bachelor or Bachelor. I would that's never do that. I, I, I never watched it. Well, that's the last time I watched The Bachelor was the first one ever, yeah. and that was the former Giants quarterback Jesse Palmer. Like, 
Yeah. I never watched it again. Bernie actually used to watch it with Carol and his daughter. Yeah, I was like, so, How, yeah, are you nuts? Forced, but like, I can't watch it, but, no. But, like, he called me and, like, then oh, I, know. I, like. That's how they talk. Like, like every, aye, aye, aye. every Brutal. sentence. No, I won't watch that. It's beyond understanding. <laughs> it's horrible. It's really, yeah. people, they're just the stupidity that is coming out permeating today. our society really... every day it's it's brutal i know yeah so i'm gonna go to wits tonight but i have to tell you that uh now that my house is almost on still not done still have a huge a dumpster in my driveway still throwing out boxes every day still waiting to finish the kitchen and other spots but at least we're in a position where danielle can cook every now and then so for example last night she made lamb chops which was great and um, before Gabe's basketball game, Gabe's team lost their last regular season game. But she's a great cook, Danielle. Gets those old uh, chicken cutlets over there at Curran's, and we're good to go. I love a nice, thin chicken cutlet. Love that. But uh, Gabe had a basketball game last night, and we lost. We still make the playoffs because everybody makes the playoffs. And our first playoff game is Friday night, which means he's not going. So. What? What? It's the movie. Oh. We got the big movie Friday night, which like, you're coming to, and Justin. Yeah. Like, we're going to be there. You're going to be yeah. there. So, we're going. Yes. Yes. So, yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Like, Friday night, and, like, I can't play my game. <laughs> no, no playoffs for Gabe. Now, the good news is, if his team wins without him on Friday, the playoffs continue on Monday, and he can go. But uh, the team has suffered now four consecutive defeats despite the tremendous coaching by both Brian Mullen and me. And I'm not all that confident they're going to win uh, on Friday either. So it could be over. But if not, we will play on Monday. And it continues to be such great fun. You show up at these courts, St. Francis, the whole community is there. People show up to watch the games, whether the kids are playing or not. And it's such a tight-knit community. It just feels great. You're walking down the block. You got the ocean breeze, American flags everywhere. Every house has one, sometimes two. You show up on the court. Hey, good to see you, Sid. I mean, Gabriel has about 10 people that show up to every game just for him, his own rooting section, and he's not the only one. That is the type of community I live in. That is old-fashioned Brooklyn. That is old-fashioned America, and I love it. I really, and you know that, Lou, that's the case. Like, you can walk down the street, and like, a lot of people will, like, say hi, and they'll, they know you, and like, yeah. That it's great. Yeah. It's really good. Like, <laughs> I, so I was going the other day, and like, this guy came up to me and said, like, yeah, I really like the show, like, you know, and I said, like, you, you like Sid? You like, you love, yeah, I like, and I said, yeah, like, I love, I, I like living there, like, <laughs> It's it's like you know how you feel like it's great like it's yeah, great just like that it's like that yeah just so, like that so yeah no. we were gonna go yeah we'll go but we'll play uh, Monday that's like that's good this is sit in friends in the morning seventy seven WABC. Eight folks have now qualified for the debate. Trump, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Scott, Haley, Christie, Bergam, and Pence. Bergam, 
Let me go to uh, Noam quickly before I get to Peter King. Is that right, Burgum out of the Dakotas? Well, he had this great thing that he did. He knew that nobody knew who the hell he was and that you need the certain funding level to get into the debate. So he offered donors, uh, they'd pay a dollar and he'd send them a $20 gift card in return, which was perfectly legal. Wow. And a lot of people took advantage of it. And so that's why he's in the And debate. he's like a billionaire anyway. I don't know if he's a billionaire, I but he's he awfully is. wealthy. Yeah. No, he's in the millions. He may be a billionaire. Is it Doug Burgum, right? Yeah. Which Dakota? North or South? Uh, North Dakota. And I'm hearing that uh, Francis Suarez, the mayor down in Miami, may be the ninth. He's coming awfully close. Well, it is going to be, you know, we, the first one's always the one the most watched, right? And well, it might be circus-like, depending on whether Donald Trump well, shows up or not. Do it. You don't do think it. so? No, 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 no. No, he's, he's been saying every day he's not going to do it. Uh, yesterday in New Hampshire, he asked the crowd, he said, should I do it? And he the majority, did do that, yes. And they said yes. The majority of the crowd screamed no, yes. No, of course, I want him to do it, too. Selfishly, he's he, he's the best entertainment. Mike Pence is boring. A lot of those guys are boring. So is DeSantis. So gun to your head right now, Noam. Donald Trump, two weeks from tonight, debates or not? No. No? Okay. Yeah. Let's go to my next guest. Uh, I say this all the time. I'm very lucky today. The two guys I say in my lifetime... And if God is good to me, I'll be 57 next April. That are the best politicians from New York are Peter King and Woody Giuliani. And I've got both coming up one after another, starting right now with the great congressman, nearly four decades on Long Island, Homeland Security, all of it, and a dear friend of the Rosenbergs these days, my friend Peter King. Good morning, Pete. Hey, Sid, great to be with you. It really is. It's also great to be the opening act for Rudy. I've known Rudy for over <laughs> 50 years. He's a great guy. He's going through some tough times, but he's a tough fighter, and he'll end up on top. I agree with you. And, uh, yes, uh, you're quite the one-two punch, King and Giuliani. I'll ask you the same question I just asked Noam with a caveat, and that is, do you think debate uh, Trump will debate? And, secondly, if he doesn't, do you think he should? Uh, I don't think it matters that much one way or the other. If I had to bet, though, I, I, I would take the long shot that he is going to show up only because he always does things differently. I mean, uh, anyone who tries to guess or project what Donald Trump is going to do is, is crazy. But I would say that uh, I could see him uh, showing up, you know, announcing a day or two before he's going to be there, uh, only because he loves to do the improbable. He loves to uh, uh, throw everyone uh, out of kilter. So, uh I I would say there's a at least a decent long shot that he's going to be there. By the way, my buddy Johnny Tobacco informing me, wise guys at Suarez out of Miami know him, did the same exact thing Burgum did, the gift card deal, and he has now met the threshold, so he becomes Republican number nine. Thank you, John Tobacco. All right, so you, you think he will. Uh, either way, are you surprised? Because we know you've had some criticisms for Trump the last couple of months. We know the whole deal. Are you surprised that here we are heading towards the second week of August and he is still destroying the field? I am, but I'm not. The reason I say that is Donald Trump is always full of surprises. And if anyone has rewritten all the rules of politics, it's uh, Donald Trump. And I think probably owes a lot of it to uh, Alvin Bragg because uh, his numbers are doing OK. But I think he was sort of teetering a bit back in uh, March, maybe into early April. And once that indictment came in New York, that just galvanized tremendous amount of support behind him. People who maybe uh, were you know, thinking of uh, turning away from Trump, finding somebody else, they just felt that this was a gang up. This was obviously 
a, a misuse and a, an abuse of the criminal justice system, and they uh, rallied to Trump. And you know he can he can play that very well. I mean he's uh, uh, first of all, but to me all these indictments or potential indictments are wrong. Uh, I can be critical of things that he did, especially on January sixth. But to make this criminal is such a dangerous path to go down. Listen, back in 1998, I was one of the only Republicans who voted against Bill Clinton's impeachment. At that time, I won Republicans. Once we start this, now the first impeachment over 130 years, once this starts, there's, you know, there's going to be a cascading effect. And that's what's happened. And with uh, these indictments, Democrats would think it's great right now that Trump's under pressure, that Trump's being uh, targeted as a criminal. Uh, watch out, because this is going to now turn around that next time Republicans are in power, they're going to be going after Democrats, and we're going to end up like some kind of a banana republic, one of those uh, governments in Europe that collapses every six months. No, I, uh, having said all that, I think these indictments are unfair, they're unjust, they're wrong, and it's managed, though, in this, at least in the short run, to rally support for Donald Trump. These indictments are unfair. There's no question about it. And uh, a couple of them have no legal basis, which is really a head-scratcher, Pete. But with that said, it's nice that you say these indictments are, are, are not fair, and, and you're being honest, but do you think Donald Trump, Peter King, lost the election in 2020? Yes, I do. You do. So you don't think yeah, that I, I, any of this any, any of this proof that Rudy continues to contend is out there and thousands of pages that lots of folks have never even seen, you think it's all one big mirage? No, it's not a mirage. I say that I'm sure there were some irregularities, but not enough to turn the election. Now, I think the election was unfair in the fact that any time we have that many mail-in ballots, there's always a potential for abuse. Or, so actually, it's the first time we ever had that many. Secondly, more than that is the way the, uh, uh, you know, the media and the government work together against Trump as far as the, uh, you know, the Hunter laptop and the fact that couldn't even be mentioned. You couldn't find it on social media. It was being blocked. Uh, you know, the New York Post, uh, there's no way you could uh, uh, find any of the stories about the, uh, you know, the Hunter laptop on social media. The fact that you had all these national officials say that it was Russia collusion, uh, there was Russia interference, all that. No, that was unfair. Having said that, there was not enough there to me to, cha- to okay. challenge the election the way he did. That's all. Fair uh, enough. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I want to move over to, uh, you know, you spent so much time with Homeland Security. It's a very important job, Peter, obviously. And for folks that don't know, you've done, you did tremendous work making sure that a lot of the 9-11 folks who worked on top of that wreckage, uh, a lot of those folks died. I mean, people think that's a one-day event. It wasn't. People have been dying for no. 22 years uh, and you've made sure those families got money. You, John Stewart, a host of others. So uh, tremendous work. But uh, the Homeland Security stuff, uh, here we're now about two years removed almost to the day of that tragic Afghan exit. Forgetting about what you think, what I think about Ukraine and Russia, just the right. Afghan exit alone. How brutal was that from the Biden administration? And do you agree with these Gold Star families that this administration has not been honest even yet? Yeah, that was one of the worst disgraces in American history. Uh, there's very few times where you have a disaster and you can actually show the actual cause of it and be actually said, this is the reason it happened. This happened because of the terrible leadership of the Biden administration. They made no preparations whatsoever. They rushed into this. They put American lives at risk. Americans were killed. Americans were wounded. It was a tragic day for America, for the American military. And the administration, Biden administration, has not followed up with them. And again, it's uh, you know not to 
take advantage of every opportunity here to criticize Biden. But the reality is, I think what really was a metaphor for everything was him looking at his watch as the coffins were being taken out. I mean, that to me showed his attitude. He should be meeting with these families. For a guy who talks about having so much empathy, who understands tragedy and suffering, he should be. He should have spent so much time with those families. Bring them to the White House. Tell them, hey, listen, it was a terrible mistake we made. I'm, I'm taking the responsibility for it. Uh, your, you know, your sons and daughters, they suffered because of a mistake that we made. But instead, to like pass it off and to uh, uh, almost make believe it didn't happen. Or it was just so, uh, it, to me, it's inexcusable. It's indefensible at every level. And uh, it was a tremendous blow to our foreign policy. But again, the human factor, what was done to those families and to those brave soldiers, is uh, it's a disgrace, and he ought to carry that with him. Let's take this conversation back to local, Peter. Of course, you're out on Long Island, but I'm doing the show right now. You're here a couple of days a week from 3rd Avenue and 49th Street in lovely Midtown Manhattan, right here in the city. And I played this cut for Curtis Lee earlier. I played it once or twice myself. This is the mayor, Eric Adams, as thousands of people led by Curtis Saliwa, joined in unison last night right outside Creedmoor to complain about the migrants, not about the conditions. They don't want them here. I agree. I don't want them here. I don't want to hear for the billionth time about the country, what we were built upon. That was a long time ago, okay? It's over. Here's Eric Adams, though, very conveniently now, Peter King, passing the buck from him to you. And me. This is a moment where people need to stop asking, Eric, what are you doing? This is a moment we need to ask, what are we doing? We can't do this alone. This is an all hands on deck. The dollars coming in are not equaling the dollars that we have to pay going out. So we're going to do our part to the best of our abilities within the financial restraint. But we have a real call. We need every New Yorker that has something to offer to play a role. This is not Mayor Adams' job. This is the job of the people of the city of New York. And everyone should participate in that through New York City Cares through the 100 um, nonprofits that we are part of, uh, through all the other groups. Everyone needs to be a part of that. And I'm not going to allow anyone to allow this moment to go past without asking, what are you doing to help people who are in need right now? This is not Mayor Adams' job. He actually said that verbatim. Peter King, your comments. That is an absolute failure of uh, leadership, of responsibility. It's all his job. He's the one. It's him. It's Hochul. And it's the president. But he's the one who represents New York. He's got to be out there fighting. And to be trying to pass the buck to seven, eight, eight million other people is absolutely wrong. And by the way, this is not just now a New York City issue. If Creedmoor is filled the way he's talking about, that's right on the Nassau County border. So that could be something having a real impact in, in, in uh, Nassau County. I know that the people in those uh, uh, Communities along the border are extremely concerned about this. They are worried about it. And so it's going to affect the entire area. But immediately affects New York City. He's the mayor of New York. It's his job to speak out and do whatever he has to do. And he has to have, he's a leader. These are tough times. And tough times demand tough leadership. And he's failing in that leadership on this. So trying to pass this off to 8 million other people is just wrong. He was the one who was elected. It was, you know, the other 8 million were not. He was. And, uh, again, you know, if, if, if there's going to be more of a crime wave, do you ask people to solve that? If there's going to, you know, it's up to him. He's the guy. He's the, he's the man on the spot. 
He wanted the job. He earned the job. And now that he's got it, he's got to live up to it. And right now, he's not. So when do you start the uh, the big time? I agree with all you just said, by the way. Uh, when do you start the big time campaigning for a mutual friend? Her big race coming up in November, and I'm going to say it again at the risk of repetition. This is much more important for New Yorkers, November of 2023, than the big Trump one in 2024. When does King hit the streets for Inna Vernikov? Whenever she wants me, I'll do whatever Inna wants. She is she is a, a superstar. She's the type of person we need leading the Republican Party, being out there. Uh, she's a woman. She's an immigrant. She's 110% pro-American. That's what we need. And it, it sort of breaks this whole stereotype that uh, you know, the progressives try to make or anti-woman, anti-immigrant. No, we want the immigrants who want to fight and be strong for America. Inner is great. Whatever she wants me to do, I'll be happy to do it. If she, if she wants me to endorse her opponent, I'll do that. I agree with you. I love it, too. Now, in the other race, you endorsed Annie. She didn't win. Ari Kagan got the win. But I would imagine he is the Republican. I don't care what he was before. I know we flip-flop. Who cares? So did my cousin Norm Coleman, so many other people. Uh, he's going up against a very dangerous, I think you'd agree, dangerous politician. I've known him for 23 years. Dangerous Justin Brannon. So I'm imagining and hoping, despite uh, being in Annie's camp before, that you're endorsing Ari Kagan now. Well, absolutely. No, listen, he, uh, he, he won the Republican nomination fair and square, and uh, so I, I would definitely support him. We have to get more Republican voices on the New York City Council. Uh, listen, it's still going to be tough no matter what happens in November. It's still going to be tough. The more voices we can get there speaking out and fighting hard, and, again, trying to represent traditional values. So, no, Kagan won. He won it fair and square, and we have to stand behind him. It can't be just, you know, moving in and out, depending on who wins the primary. So, no, I, I'm definitely supporting him. You are the support, man. Uh, yeah. I was saying, I, I was a fundraiser last night for Mazi Philippe in Nassau County. She's the uh, woman who was born in Ethiopia, escaped to Israel, was a paratrooper in the Israeli army. Wow. And now is here in the United States. She's raised seven kids. Her husband's Ukrainian from uh uh, and he's a leading cardiologist on Long Island. In the last race, she's the first one to win that seat in Great Neck since I said the War of 1812. There's never been a Republican elected from that district before, and she won it by about seven or eight points. So, again, she's the type of superstar we need. Uh, again, an Ethiopian, Jewish, Israeli paratrooper living in Great Neck, raising seven kids. She had twins three weeks before the election last time. Wow. She was back campaigning a week later. Well, what is her name again, Pete? Nina, uh, Mazi, M-A-Z-I, uh, P-I-L-I-P. She uh, won a great upset two years ago. She's running again this year. And, again, I think she's a symbol of what Joe Cairo wants the Republican Party to be. We're new, we're innovative, and yet we represent traditional common-sense values. Uh, tell her to come on the show. I like her already. You like her. She sounds awesome. Mazi, you're invited anytime you want. And, as always, Pete King, a spectacular appearance. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. You're the man. You're the man. Peter King, the great congressman. That was a terrific conversation. We covered everything from Eric Adams to the migrants to Joe Biden to Homeland Security to what's going on in Nassau County. Way to go, Pete King. That wraps up hour number three. Big hour number four about the coming way, including America's mayor. Star at three o'clock every afternoon here and on his way to New Hampshire. Where Donald Trump was yesterday, my good pal Rudy Giuliani, he's going to stop by. Keep it right here. Hour four is next.
is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Phil Collins, Genesis, I don't care. I don't either. So, I used to go to the gym like five days in a row. It was so stupid. Because when you, uh, I like this, Bob. Play this first, then I'll come back and talk. Shut up, Sid. Jesus. You want to go to the gym five days a week, and of course, when you go lift weights, you tear down the muscle. The idea is give your muscle a chance to rebound. You need to rest. So then I went like four days a week. But now, again at the age of 56, and really a tough year for me, physically. You guys remember for a good three months, couldn't even walk. I really felt horrible. Not bad, horrible. And I went from going to the gym five days a week to... Once every three days. And I came to the realization, and Peter Gordio has been telling me this for years, the great actor, my dear friend from Gravesend, Peter Gordio, you got to rest. So now I'm very comfortable going two and one, two days on, one day off. If I'm really spirited, I'll do a three and one, three days on, one day off. But I'm very comfortable going two on, one off. And I worked out very hard the last two days. So today... I've got this great choice to go for three and one, take tomorrow off, or just go to the beach today. <laughs> Gorgeous 82, nice breeze. Can't go in the water. I get it because of the sharks, but I very rarely go in the water anyway. I like the salt water. 
on my body because it does the salt mm-hmm. add to the tanning process. Yeah. And I only go to the beach for two reasons, to nap and tan. That's it. Not a very big, for me, it's not a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, a social event. Right. Like my neighbors, they go out there, they put like 30 chairs in a circle. That's the whole thing. Oh, my God, they talk all day, they drink, they have fun. And I'm like, no. No, no I go to the beach. <laughs> he just did it. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, like, just I just did that, did didn't it. I? Uh, just, it's, no. It's permeating. Oh, it's going to rain tomorrow, so you gotta you got to go to the beach today. Is that right? Yes. Like, it's going to rain. But, yeah. like, it's going to rain. Yeah. Like, so. It's yeah. going to rain, like, hard. So. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the beach today. I'm going to take the uh, the day off. But you never know. At 4 o'clock, all of a sudden, I get that inspiration. Mm. And I got to run over to the gym. But... I wonder where that comes from. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but I, I feel like today is going to be a gym day. <laughs> now, where the hell is Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> that is a good question. That's well, a really good question. Why does he do this? Uh... I don't know. I, so I was saying hello. I was like, don't you think he like shows up on time? He is like, what happens. So I... These court dates when he <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> do you think the judge is sitting there yeah, going, like, like, oh, I know he's, forgotten again. he was going to call. Yeah, I just know. waiting on his call. Well, I texted Macedonia Phil yesterday, and I said, Phil, it was like seven minutes to three, 2.53, and Rudy starts at three. I said, grab Rudy and tell him, he needs to come on with me tomorrow. And he's like, well, he's on right now with Greg Kelly. And I didn't know that because I never listen. Ever. What? what? Like, no? Oh, like never. Taylor. Like, never? Never. Never once. Okay. And never will. Oh. <laughs> Not because I don't like Greg. I like Greg. I like him. He's, he's talented. He served our country. I love his father. I like his mom. I like him. But it's just there's about 90,000 other things that I'd rather do include getting beaten up by three guys in a park or raped by three Iraqis on a bridge in Baghdad. Okay, this, sounds yeah. like you like them. So these need I do like them. <laughs> you just gave two horrible... <laughs> no, you, listen, uh, well, what, here's what you don't understand. I do like him. I do. But you'd rather get beat up by three, raped by three Iraqis That's in right. Central Park than listen to the show. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Right. Given the choice of those two, <laughs> I would take the uh, the rape. And, I, I, you know, it's not because of Greg. It's not personal to Greg. I just I don't really like to listen to other people's shows. All right, I just want to get, get get it clear. All right. So you're in a room, and they've tied you to a chair. Right. And right. Yeah. they give you, so the guy comes in who's running the uh, the complex. Okay. Says, we'll call him Iraqi number one. All right. Oh. Mr., all right yeah, Iraqi number one. Okay, Mr. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, <laughs> you have a choice uh, if you don't want to tell us the secrets. <laughs> You can listen to uh, Greg Kelly's from uh, right. one, two, three. Oh, both uh, two hours now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. well, yeah. Uh, well uh, one hour is uh, enough if you listen. Uh, or we bring you into room D, and uh, we will have two other of our associates uh, rape and pillage you. Yeah. What happens now? What choice? You make a choice. You well, I'll tell you this: if they, if the choice is two hours of Greg, I'll take a third and fourth guy. Okay. <laughs> Well, now, that one's an easier choice, right? Okay. <laughs> but it's not Greg. You're missing the whole point. I'm not. I'm not I'm, I just I, I don't listen to other people's shows. Okay, so let's take another person. The only, listen, I, I, the only show I will put on occasionally, and you're going to think I'm sucking up, and maybe that's true, I don't care, is John. Because uh, I like some of his guests. They're fascinating. 
and uh, Howard Stern I still love. So I shouldn't say to listen to anybody else's shows because that's not true either. All right, I'll give you another. So if he had Greg Kelly as a guest. Well, why do you keep bringing up Greg Kelly? <laughs> you can bring up, up 9,000 other shows in New York City. Listen, I love Brandon Tierney and Sal Licata. I think they're both very, very talented guys, and I love them personally. I'm not going to listen to them. I'd rather get raped by okay. four Iraqis. Oh, my God. Wow, this, the rate, rate we keep adding high. it. We keep adding a rate. Rape is high. You can throw in five. I don't care. I'm stuck here wondering what happens in rooms A through C and, and, and lose uh, analogy. Yeah. It's not talk shows, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why room D? I guess room D. I, I really do. I hate all of you. But wait, <laughs> but wait a second, Joe. We're missing the point. Well, you are missing yeah. the point. There's a point to all of this. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm waiting. Well, I haven't figured it out yet, but okay. what I do. Oh, you'll, you'll hear it. Okay. No, the, the point is I just I, I can't listen to other shows because, God forbid, they do something I've done. It's not going to be nearly as good. So why waste my time with that? Right. Don't want to listen to that. Yeah. Right. And no one, there's not a lot of authenticity or originality anymore, so... I just, I'm too busy. It doesn't matter. Stop asking me so many questions. You're the one who God. brought it up. I did? Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to follow you and understand why right. you don't want to listen to I have a lot shows. going on. I'm very busy. I'm so of lost. Course. I don't even know what we're talking about. If I had some free time, like, for example, if I ever retired from this, and I would gladly listen to. Uh, no, that's not going to please God. No, would. You're going to sit here and just lie right now. <laughs> what? You would listen in <laughs> one hour and then unretire the next day. Then you'd go back. You would, hey, you would, hey, I got to work again. Yeah. No, I was only kidding around. I remember uh, Christopher Man Dog Russo. Chris Russo. <laughs> Chris Russo walked into work one day and Mike Rancesa was there. And they had just ended the midday show with Jody McDonald. And Mike said, oh, Dog, did you hear Sid? Uh, Sid made some really good points today. About a certain jet drama, New York Jets. It was many years ago. And I'll never forget Chris Russo's reply. He goes, I don't listen. And I remember I was offended. I was angry. I was like, what do you mean you don't listen? And he said, Sid, it's nothing personal. But I actually, in my own head, make all my points, agree or disagree, in the morning. And then if I listen to somebody like you, for example... I may find that what I'm thinking or my answer may not work, and then I have to kind of fight with myself because I'd rather not listen. Okay, that's... I develop all my opinions in the morning. I come to work ready to go to work. I don't want somebody basically confusing me. You're a little too negative for my liking? Hmm. Yeah, like that, so... Okay, so... So that makes a little bit of sense. Instead, of, no, 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 instead no. of getting some more information to help form your opinion <laughs> yeah. about what you think about something, sure. you don't want to hear another right. opinion right. so that yeah. you can stay right. with your opinion, which might be completely inaccurate by right. the time you get on the right, air exactly. in the afternoon. That's correct, yeah. Just wanted to get it right. Hey, listen. Uh, Dog, you missed what uh, the president said this morning. He already, he was talking to Sid this morning, (laughs) and he said that those players were not even there at the club last night. (laughs) Oh, well, that's a completely different story, Mike. Uh, Well, let me throw this in there also, another caveat, which is I don't drive a car. I haven't driven a car in six years since my last arrest. So... Where would I be listening to these shows? I mean, to me, there's no bigger loser 
than somebody who walks around with headphones <laughs> listening to a <laughs> Although I got a buddy named Chris McGlynn who I met on Wall Street. Had it, he was listening to me and Bernard, God rest his soul. And I, I've loved Chris to this day, but how could anybody even do that? I don't, I don't know. But millions do. Well, they listen to music. Well, they do do that, yeah. Well, if you're going to do it, at least download the WABC app. Stop listening to iHeart. That's right. garbage. Yes. So at least download our app, 77 WABC. But I don't do those types of things. I don't even own a pair of headphones. I did once or twice, and Ava stole all of them. Or she steps on it, and it breaks, and becomes a whole hassle. They're like 30 bucks, and you can't even find them. So I really have no way to listen. If I wanted to listen, let's just say today I really wanted to listen. I have no way of doing it. Well, you could be like Curtis and just put your phone on full blast and hold it up to your ear. Which is how he has a and conversation. Just, yeah. Yes. Then you could just walk around with with just with just the radio blasting in everybody's face that you walk by. You could do that. I could do that. Yes, <laughs> yes I could. Sure. And I'd look every bit as retarded right. as Curtis Lee. Yeah, you could like sit no. on the subway with your phone blasting. And it's Greg, yeah. Greg Kelly from Out one to three. away from his face, yeah. and he's talking yeah. on the speaker. Yes. Uh, yeah. There was yeah. a lady on the ferry a couple of days ago, and uh, she was playing her music, and it was like this. Um, you know, like the, uh, the, 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 what do you call those bands? The Spanish bands and, uh, Spanish bands. No, they don't call it Spanish uh, bands. Yeah, something Merengue, like that. Yeah, uh, something like yeah, that. Okay. Caracha. Caracha. And, and, she, and she was playing this so loud, and I was trying to take a nap, because I, I, I need a nap on the way home on the ferry, and, and she was playing the music loud, and I found it to be so selfish. But I could never do something like that. No, that's nothing compared to the subway, though. You, if oh, you, I know. You know that. I mean, people yeah. don't care what you're doing. Yeah. They could be giving somebody the last rights <laughs> on, the, on the D train, yeah. and somebody comes in, and they start doing that pole dance that they want to do oh, with their the, box. The, you mean the, the, oh, the entertainers? Oh, my God. They, they blast in. the music, oh, and they start climbing the pole. We're and... not going to hurt anybody. We're just here no. for the entertainment. <laughs> it's just... so annoying. Right, right. and you, you, you're just doing calisthenics right by my I mean, some of that stuff is pretty intense. I got to give them credit. I mean, it's, it takes a lot of strength. One hand, they hold themselves up. They spin. That's not that easy. Oh, please. Trust me. Good but point. I don't want to see it. Go join the circus then. Get off I the agree. subway car. I, listen, are, you, I agree. are you kidding? I want to get on the subway and get from point A to point B. And be left alone. And just leave me alone. Could not agree more. I, I don't want to yell. Yeah, hello, folks. We're here <laughs> to sing for you. If I wanted that, I would put my headphones on. Mariachi band. Jeez. Well, and then they say something like, I don't want your money. Well, what do you mean you don't want yeah, my yeah. money? They Why are you doing money. it? Oh, what's yeah. that empty bucket to the left of you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess that's the paint later, You're doing right? it for the sake of art? Right. Get out of my face. I don't want it. Such a mess. We're such a mess, this city. <laughs> Mayor Adams said, uh, it's up to you folks. That's you gotta right. figure that what out. What are you gonna do for us? Yeah, right. You gotta <laughs> figure that out, Lewis. Don't bother me. <laughs> I'm just the mayor. I'm writing my list down <laughs> for him right now. I'm All right, shifting. talk about mayors. Call Rudy. We'll take a uh, short break. We'll come back <laughs> on this Wednesday edition. <laughs> and I will open the phones before the end of today's show as well. Give you guys a chance to chime in on this Wednesday edition of Sid and Friends in the morning.
Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Send a shout out to a lady right now that is walking and listening to us with headphones on on the 77 WABC app. Maureen Horan Pete. Good morning, Maureen. Maureen, that reminds me of uh, the great Pete Morgan. Got Sid's take coming up at 940. And today it'll be the phones. Pete hates the phones. Hates it. Which is funny because... Pete and I became dear, dear friends when I worked at WFAN, and all we did was take phone calls. We had interviews, obviously, but the name of the game at the fan is taking phone calls. But he doesn't like it. You say Pete Morgan doesn't like the Hates it. Okay. But it's tough. He's actually sponsoring the call-in segment today. Coming up at 940, Sid Steak will be the phones. What a predicament for Pete. (laughs) I know. But this lady, Maureen, is walking in the streets listening to our show right now, and Maureen... Happens to be the name of Pete's lovely wife. Oh, as you know, like a triple conundrum. Oh, look what we've got going on here today. <laughs> he doesn't. Well, I'm, I'm curious to ask him about it. Why he doesn't like that? But. You want to hear uh, Donald Trump call uh, Chris Christie a fat pig? Who doesn't want to hear that? Play this, uh, Lewis. Cut number three. Donald Trump in New Hampshire yesterday, joking with the audience, and at one point he actually refers to Christie in this manner. Christie's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. <laughs> Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's oh my very God. disrespectful. Don't call him. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do it. <laughs> he can't do that. <laughs> so now, because you're not allowed to do that, and therefore uh, we're not going to do it, okay? We want to be very civil, right? I got to tell you, I'm okay with it. All these guys, I don't care what you say about Mike Pence. Oh, he's a good man. He's a religious man. He's he's a true conservative. He abides by the law, the Bible, the Constitution. He is a backstabbing jerk-off. That's what he is. And I've met him. I told you this a bunch this week. I met him right here about a month and a half ago. And he was actually kind enough to sit and do an interview with me, take a picture. Could not have been nicer. I wouldn't do it again.
I think he's got headphones on right now listening <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, show. He probably, I hope he does. I hope he does. Imagine him walking in some city oh, with be his great. headphones on. In going, Indiana. Oh, really? This uh, I, I find this 9 o'clock hour interesting. And you, all of a sudden you go, Boom. he's a backstabbing Son of a off. bitch. No, he is. I mean, look, I get it. Listen, good for him. He did what he thought was right. Good for him. I mean, I'm not. But he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. Bill O'Reilly said yesterday he was in some news app, made a big deal about it yesterday, that O'Reilly believes Mike Pence could be the death knell for Trump. And I'm not sure I believe that. I know that Arthur Idala also said, look, without corroboration, if Mike Pence says, yeah, yeah, I think he knows he lost, but he told me to do this and do that, could it be damaging? Yes. Do I think it'll be the end all? I don't. I really don't, but I'm not a lawyer. And I'm not nearly as smart as O'Reilly and or Idala. But regardless, it's enough already. Mike, shut up. He plucked you out of obscurity. You were a gay-hating politician from Indiana, and you became vice president of the United States. You're a household name. You owe your balls to Trump. Shut up. Christie, too. One day he likes him, next day he doesn't. Chris Christie, polling at a 1.8% clip this morning. Come on, man. All these guys. Now, DeSantis, I can't kill. Because the truth is, DeSantis was the subject of unprovoked attacks for months. But he still comes off as a pussy. He, he fights back. It's pathetic. Pathetic. So DeSantis, I, I can't really go after And nobody pays any attention to Vivek, even though he's in third place. No attention. And Trump loves Tim Scott. There'll be a job waiting for Tim Scott. But two guys in particular, Mike Pence and Chris Christie, go up themselves. Anything about that, though? Well, I'd say he's probably going to want to get his headphones fixed, I think, if he was listening just now. (laughs) Uh, You owe your balls to the guy. He does. He owes his balls to this guy. Mike Pence. Oh, my God. (laughs) So many T-shirt ideas. So little time. Is there a more boring human being walking the earth today than Mike Pence? Who's in the spotlight. He's kind of boring. He doesn't even watch porn. (laughs) How do you you know this? Because he's too busy reading the Bible. No, he does. No, he doesn't. Mm. He does not. Those I guarantee the, you. Those are the ones that yeah, do. He's, he's got a big no, secret. No, he doesn't do it. He's nope. got a big secret. He doesn't do it. Okay, fine. And if he does, he's not watching the stuff that I'm watching. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the real good stuff. <laughs> <Are they doing? laughs> this conversation has I, gone a little too. Well, long. I just can't. I can't vote for anybody to be president who doesn't watch porn. What if you? What if you logged on to one of your porn sites no. and then account? Drop down list came up and you saw M Pence forty seven. Then to be completely honest, I'd I'd have newfound respect. That's right. Then you'd love him. I'd take back everything I just said. You know that thing yesterday. (laughs) He's actually not a bad guy. I'm not a bad guy. Come on. Not a bad. He's kind of exciting. I'd say he was boring. (laughs) No, no, no. I think we got to rethink that one. Now, on the other hand, Anthony Fauci, all he does is watch porn. 
You know that's the case. That dirty old filthy bastard. <laughs> Anthony Fauci, it's all he does. While he's given the bad numbers about COVID. People are dying about COVID. He's watching interracial. Hey, uh, (laughs) let me talk to uh, Jimmy Flippin. Is he in there? Yeah. Are you going to report on that today, Jimmy, that we have now found out, uh, WABC and our big-time news department, that uh, Anthony Fauci watches a tremendous amount of pornography? (laughs) That, no, that's a report you're putting out right now? Well, uh, we, we we found that out here at WABC. Oh, we did? Yeah. Will you report that at uh, 10 o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one thing is it's going to be no, it won't be. Yeah. <laughs> so he <laughs> might get off on that. And but... you're allowed to say no. I know he's looking at you. I know he's like, looking at me. He's right. like scared to he's, death. He's looking up. Oh, like, my God. I'm just, I'm just wondering how we would have ascertained that. Well, concerning... it doesn't matter. We've got very, very important people in big spots. <laughs> <laughs> and these are not euphemisms. Nope. They're really big spots. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. T- Tony's search history is a little uh, <laughs> questionable. <laughs> got to be careful. They're always watching us, Jimmy. Yeah, tell you that true. all the time. That is true. Uh, well, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for stopping. We'll you know, I did it. miss you last week. You were on vacation. Well, yeah, that was, it was a nice time to get away. You, you, you had a good time? I did, yeah. yeah but down you the shore. Yeah, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. We yeah. missed you. We really did. You're, you're tremendous uh, at your job. You're great at it. Thanks. I mean that sincerely. You're great at it. Thanks. I appreciate that. Great to have you back. Before we get to the phones today, brought to you once again by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. They uh, do build the world's best boilers. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Trucking. Got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking. Like the do dog man together. Classic way for dead here. Trucking. Hard to believe Jesse Garcia, uh, Jesse, Jerry Garcia died 28 years ago today, but he did 28 years ago today. The great Jerry Garcia passed away. This is trucking. By the grateful dead. All right, phones brought to you again. Sitch, take Pete Morgan, Peerless Spoilers. We go to George. He's in Trenton on line one. Good morning, George. Good morning, Sydney. How are you, pal? Uh, you know what? I'm just retired and enjoying the crap out of it. And I can't say much more about life than I'm living it and I'm loving it. Great. What did you do for a living all those years? I was a tin knocker, sheet metal worker. Oh, man. And uh, how long have you been retired? Uh, ten years. So what do you what do you spend most of your days doing? What I spend my mornings doing is listening to Sid and Friends in the morning. My man, there's there's it, you know I I told that and Justin and whoever answered the phone, you know I'm a throwback to the Imus days, and you have followed through um, in you know whatever progression it was with going to Florida this and the other, but you're back, Sid, and I remember you from the day. And I'm so glad to have you as a radio host that brightens my day and gives us direction in life. Your your uh, political uh, bent is to me the right way because I believe some of the things that you think most of. Anyway, I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you, thank you George. You. I appreciate thank that. Thank you for being Sydney. Well, okay. thank you for calling also, in, and, and God bless you. One, one, 
one last very point, if I might. Yeah. Noam, I would like to talk to, and here's why. Back in the United States, I remember him. I remember this succinctly, him saying about Riverside Drive, where he grew up in Trenton, New Jersey. That's why I have this. No, that wasn't Lou. Who was that? No. Who was that, George? Noam Layden. Oh, Noam Layden. No. Oh, you know what? Thank you for the call. Noam is actually in the sales meeting, but we'll get to him. Uh, you'll call back, and thank you for those very, very kind words. Thank you. Let's go to uh, John in Queens. He's on line six. Good morning, John. Good morning, Sydney. How are you, pal? So, not bad, not bad. Thank you. So I'm sitting here, working out, got the headphones on, oh, no. listening to you, and say he's describing me. I'm on the bike. I'm on the bike. I got the headphones on. ABC, really, all day. Unless I'm, you know, at work and doing something. So then you start talking about my, my, my pence, and I'm laughing out loud. Yeah. And I'm saying, what do I look like to people <laughs> with a guy sitting by himself, not talking to anybody, right. but he's right. pretty much hysterical, That's and good. I'm trying to contain it. So I, I appreciate just it. it was Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Thank you. Glad you guys are having fun. I love this call segment. What is P. Morgan talking about? Yeah, we're going to get on him. Oh, man, these people are great. Yeah. Al is in Yonkers online, too. Good morning, Al. Good morning to you, Sid. Sid, I just wanted to say you have a fantastic show. I really enjoy it. I look forward to listening to it uh, when I get up in the morning. Thanks. And you and your crew really are entertaining uh, to the tri-state. I just wanted to say to you, no, it's the truth. I just wanted to say, you know, I'm a Donald Trump supporter like yourself. I believe we need him to fix this country. Uh, I don't know who else could do it. It's a mess. Uh, I hope that he debates in a couple of weeks because... Uh, it's the beginning of the process, and I don't want to see guys like Chris Christie uh, just beat up on him for two hours without him uh, defending himself an hour and a half. Do you agree? I agree a thousand percent. Could not have said it better, Alan. The way you even put it, Chris Christie, because he will do that, uh, and the rest will too. Look, selfishly, as I've said, Al, he is the best entertainer out there. So I want to see him for that. Secondly, I'm rooting for him, like you are. I want to see him for that. But you you just brought up a great point, which I have not made. I have not made that point. You did. Which is, why do I want to watch one of these guys barely polling at 2% beat the living daylights out of the one guy that can save us all, Donald Trump? So you just made the best point of all. By the way, that debate comes your way two weeks from tonight. All right, we got uh, one more break. Is that right, Lewis? We'll take a short break here. We're going to come back and wrap things up on this Wednesday morning right after this. Most of the time they're sitting and crying at home. One of these days, they know they got to get going. Out of the door and down to the street all alone. You check in like the dude I man once told me you got to pay your Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Little Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody, baby. Happy birthday to the late, great Whitney Houston. Actually, I stand corrected. She died today, right? No, it's her birthday. No, it's birthday for her. She would have been 60, 60 years old, right? She died 12 years ago at the age of 48. Whitney Houston would have been 60 today. So she was a good one. That hurt. That one hurt. That's it for today, folks. Uh, an amazing show once again. The 